Every parent wants what's best for their children. My favorite colors are purple, green, and blue. Great schools, a safe environment with room to grow and play. Consider Oak Forest, just 30 minutes south of the Loop on I-57. Featuring Blue Ribbon Schools, this family-friendly community represents one of the area's most affordable and diverse neighborhoods. Oak Forest is a place you'll want to call home. Tucked away in scenic forest preserves, this is the ideal environment for those who enjoy the outdoors. Featuring 20 neighborhood parks, top-notch golf courses, and a wide range of leisure programs, Oak Forest is the perfect setting for those who cherish connecting with neighbors and living a healthy lifestyle. Plus, with easy access to both metro and interstate highways, residents are never far from the heart of Chicago's loop. Live the life you imagined in Oak Forest. Oak Forest, all good things close to home. Visit livingoakforest.com. Who's on the radio now? <laughs> Who, huh? I knew it would be. Fre- Fred and Ethel? No. <laughs> that was the album version for, because we, we've had a surprising number of people saying, would you play the whole thing? And at 7.07 p.m. from 773 area code, the text reads, and we know where to go when we need a friend. Just tune to Stephen Chani and WGN. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back. And thank you very much for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome. Uh, yes. I would play the part of Steve. And I would be the Johnny. And we are here from now until 11 o'clock tonight. And who are we? Uh, well, we yeah. have been around for a while. Um it was Christmas Eve, 1984, when Steve started at this here radio station. 
And I joined him in 1985 on Valentine's Day. So, yes, we've done a few shows. We've spoken a few words. I think we're up to show number 6,260 now. Something like that. Yeah. But who's counting? (laughs) And we're here till 11 o'clock tonight. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, we should mention right off the bat that tomorrow night... We're just getting warmed up for tomorrow night. That's the big show. This is the rehearsal. Yes. Uh, Tomorrow night... We are going to be doing the, it will be the 25th anniversary of the first time we ever did Stephen Johnny's Cheap Date, Life After Dark, New Year's Eve extravaganza. And that was 25 years ago when we did the broadcast. That was from the Showcase Studio, which was quite different than it was in recent years. Mm -hmm. We had a wall that was lights floor to ceiling it was about 112 degrees in there it looked like we were in a disco and we would cram in as many guests as we could on new year's eve and we would just stand there and sweat while the poor people outside looking at us pleading could they please use the bathroom could they please come in and warm up (laughs) or and we were in there wiping our brow because it was so hot this year once again being on the 18th floor we get to watch the fireworks come up from the river and end just about at our feet. Mm-hmm. It's a really amazing experience. And we will be posting on our uh, Facebook page and Twitter and a, a number of places some of the things that we have planned for tomorrow night. Uh, the short list includes people like uh, Chicago legend Corky Siegel, mm-hmm. Ronnie Rice from the New Colony Six, and you've seen him on the Cornerstones of Rock performances and he was here with us 25 years ago when we started uh sydney friedman the musical mentalist will be joining us Mm -hmm. we'll have the uh, empty pockets wonderful wonderful duo and actually there's more than two of them but tomorrow night just two of them are coming in and uh also the river road trio will be joining us right all kinds of music represented throughout the night and we'll be doing Hourly countdowns from every time zone while we're on. So if you miss a countdown, just tune in at the top of the hour. We'll be hitting uh, Maui, Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be hitting the site of the Rose Bowl Parade. And you can say, well, why would you hit the site of the Rose Bowl Parade the night before? Because thousands of people are out there Lined lining up. up and getting ready for the Rose Bowl Parade. Waiting for their spot on the curb for the parade probably 12 to 14 hours later. Mm-hmm. But it's a fun thing to do is to, to get a little scene setter from there. And again, if you fall asleep, I understand. I frequently do that during the show. Yeah. But if you do fall asleep, you don't have to worry. At some point, there will be a countdown for you. And remember, there's no dress code. There's no cover charge. Mm-hmm. You can eat bologna and crackers. You can eat peanut butter and jelly. We don't care. Yeah. Anything We're you fine. want. Because that's what it's all about. And we can just party together and ring in the new year and move into the roaring 20s. But that's going to be tomorrow night. Now, yes. tonight, we have a, a bunch of things going on tonight. Uh, some people you have heard with us over the years mm-hmm. and some people who are new to you and new to us. Uh, one of the people that we're truly excited about, we're huge fans of The Voice. Mm-hmm. And this past season of The Voice, I think, was one of the best seasons. And there was a lady from Chicago who just, we thought, honestly, not because she's from Chicago, but because she's that good, we thought she was going to win it. From the moment she opened her mouth, 
We said, oh, it's hers to lose. And uh, there have been Katie Caden. Katie Caden is um, if, if you I just cannot believe she's never ended up in our studio. That's what makes me feel so crazy yeah. with all the, the live music that we've brought to the show over the years. How did that happen? How did we miss her all these years? I have no idea. And now her life is forever changed. And now we find out that she knows so many people that we, we know. know. It's like, why, why did you guys yeah. keep her a secret? Well, we're going to talk to her tonight about how her life has changed now that she is one of the three finalists. Uh, and a lot of people feel, in fact, there have been a number of um, surveys of, of voice viewers who say it was she was robbed of the of the the top prize yeah. you know what we've maintained over the years that it's better to win second or third place oh sure because you don't have so many controls on you but she'll talk all about that coming yeah. up next hour and we will uh be checking in with a guy that uh, we haven't talked to in a while he has been known as our showbiz machino <laughs> gino gino the showbiz, showbiz machino, machino will be joining us <laughs> and uh, we'll take a look at the year in showbiz his year in showbiz because it's kind of wacky and and wonderful and the voice in my head is telling me we need to shut up and uh, make some money for the radio station so let's do that King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That's Ronnie Rice and the New Colony Six. Ronnie's going to be joining us in the studio tomorrow night. And uh, I think we can count him into singing that. Yes. And maybe a few more things. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, speaking of the weather, as I just did, mm -hmm. we drove in about an hour and a half ago, and it was pretty dreadful. A lot of traffic. A lot of people don't have to work tomorrow, so they're trying to get where they want to get. And uh, A lot of people are walking their dogs and wearing dark clothes <laughs> on a rainy night when you can hardly see them. That happened to us three times. Yeah. He said, oh, three's a charm, okay? Enough of that nonsense. <clears throat> but my thought was, I'm in a nice warm car. Yeah. They're out schlepping along with the dog. Uh, be careful, because it is a little snaky out there, and the temperature is dropping just below freezing. The roads mm -hmm. are damp, and it's um, so enough spitting on your... In fact, we were driving along, and our windshield wiper came on, and we both went, ah! <laughs> it startled us. It scared the daylights <laughs> out of us. I'm... It's like we don't get out very much, you know? <laughs> I want to say hi to Dean and Indy. Said it's great to hear you at an 847 area code uh, texting in to say a healthy dose of Stephen Johnny is exactly what my soul needed. Well, God bless you for saying that. Oh. And, and you need to raise your expectations a little higher. <laughs> Come on, but. speak for yourself. 
An 815 area code just checked in via text to tell us that a road is closed on 20 at 390 westbound. So we'll check on that. Uh, But thank you for that tip. And please communicate with us throughout the night. Uh, If you know me, you know I love to get a text and I love to text back with you. But understanding this is a radio show. Uh, if you want to give us a call, you can do that. And, and it surprises the number, uh, the number of times that people are going like, that ah! when you actually respond to when them I and text they've texted them. something. Yes, yes. That's really me on the other side. But you can text uh, and or call 312-981-7200 from wherever it is that you're uh, listening to us. And Curtis is on the other side of the glass taking your calls tonight. That's Curtis Coke. So we are in good hands. We've got Crystal Flores, and we've got uh, Dan Long in engineering. We've got David Jennings over in the newsroom. And we're just going to sit back here and have us a good time till 11 o'clock tonight as we wrap up this year. Not this decade. This year. This year. This nonsense of the best movies of the decade, the best... No. See, I think when I change from a... One nine at the end of the date Mm-mm. to a two zero. It Mm-mm. is starting Mm-mm. the beginning of. That, d- does your okay? Does your speedometer start at one or does it start at zero? It starts at zero. Yeah. But the, the speedometers are. I rest. Are, I rest my oh, case. Please. <laughs> I, I'm baffled by your logic. <laughs> Trust me. The decade ending will be next year at this time. No, Lord willing, we'll no, it's be gonna here. Be tomorrow night. And I'll be able to it's remind you. It's going to be tomorrow night. I'll be able to remind tomorrow you. Tomorrow night, the decade ends and the 20s start. <laughs> I, I chuckle. Are you saying that uh, that January 1st is still part of the 19s? No. Then it's part of the 20s. No. The new decade just, of the 20s. We're just warming up. Mr. Bickerson, it, we're just it warming is part up. of the twenties. No, no, we are starting the Roaring Twenties on January first. Roar this! <laughs> <laughs> Easily one of the three or four words in the English language I cannot say without getting the shakes. Because, because you were traumatized by, by, a, Ms. by a teacher, Mrs. Lyons, sixth grade, said. Johnny, you're not saying R-O-A-R properly. Stand up. So I had to stand in front of the class and say, Roar. roar, roar." (laughs) And of course, they're all snickering. So then when we went up for recess, I had to hear the Because I couldn't say the stupid word. So now all these years later, I get to that word and I go, "Ah, ah, Mrs. Lyons, I don't know how to say that word. But the decade doesn't start until a year from now. So enjoy The decade starts on January enjoy 1st. Enjoy 2020. January 1st, 2020. That's Three, when the decade starts. 312. So if it doesn't start on January 1st, then what is 2020? If it's not part of the 19s and it's, it's not part It's a warm-up. It's to get... So it's, it's a warm-up year? It's a warm-up I have never, year. What kind of a calendar do you have? A warm-up year? Okay, this year is just rehearsal. We'll get to the yes, real year it won't in count. 365 days, actually 366 count. days. It won't count. Because it's a leap year. 
It is. You sent me that cool factoid about the holidays next year. That people hate Christmas being on a Wednesday and New Year's being on a Wednesday because, oh, we have to go to work on Thursday and Friday. Next year, because of leap year, it's on a Friday. Mm-hmm. And isn't Halloween on a Saturday? And I and think, uh, yeah, Christmas is on a Friday. So it's like a three-day yeah, Christmas yeah, yeah, and yeah. New Year's weekend. And Fourth of July is on a Saturday. And everything is right in the world because our holidays fall on the Curtis, day. Curtis, when does the decade start? Watch I'm it. with you. I, I think wow. the decade yes. ends wow. this, wow. yes. or this week. No. Next week. No. Yes. 312-981-7200. I was trying to say that over and over because you didn't want me to say it because you knew that I would have the right-thinking people no. to call in and say, honey. You'd, you'd have the people that can't balance their checkbooks. <laughs> So a, a quick Google search says, according to the common definition, decades generally encompass the time span from years ending with zero and ending to nine, such as 2020 to 2029. Exactly. That's exactly right. And you can't argle with, argle, <laughs> with Google. <laughs> yes, I've been into the nog. Uh. <laughs> that actually is coming later, but that's another story. Uh, there is no you zero years started with one you don't get until a ten years until you complete. Huh? I'm reading it as it's written here. Somebody was very excited as they were writing. There is no zero years started with one you don't get until it's ten years until you complete your attend the year ending in zero. So the decade officially My ends head hurts next now. year. You're not helping me person who just texted my head is hurting <laughs> you're not helping me at all with your logic <laughs> the decade starts on january well, 1st anyway, 2020 you know no one loves a list as much as i do i, I do love like a good list i love a good list so later tonight we're going to talk about the consumer reports list of the most influential products from the decade up until this point and some of the things i had to look at and go yes absolutely i my life would be so different if i didn't have my air fryer for example yeah (laughs) or my nest and also a little later tonight uh i will share a harangue about something that has just driven me even nutser than I already am. Even nuttier? And, and I will share, I'll give you this clue. It has to do with news coverage. Mm-hmm. Now, the second clue is it has nothing to do with politics. Mm-hmm. Nothing, emphasize, nothing to do with politics has a ton to do with news coverage. And I'm going to be very curious to get david jennings take on this particular mm. thing a little later tonight and i know all about this because every newscast that we watch you, i'm you're yelling keeping, you're keeping score I'm keeping score and i'm yelling and at the, the radio or the tv about a particular thing it's a trend that has really taken hold and it's, yeah. it's kind of baffling it is it, it truly is baffling so i think it justifies ranting of course what we've just been doing was just a friendly sparring of of, of facts i was dealing with facts you were dealing with fantasy I beg your pardon. <laughs> Excuse me. I was waiting to see if you let that slide. Curtis, do we need to break, or can I uh, grab a phone call? You can have a phone call real quick. All right, then let's do this. And let's go to, uh, this would be, I believe, uh, Lexi, or Alexandra. Hi, Alexandra. Hello. Hi there. So you're calling to back me up? Uh, actually, no. 2020 is the start of a new decade. Yes! Who sa- wait, yes! wait, wait, wait. What does it mean? 
that part of the team is part of the 20. Yes. You're a right-thinking American. People, you're rewriting history. I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed. You should be bonding with me. Come on, woman. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Where are you? Are you driving? Yeah, actually, we are right now. Is it pretty hairy? Uh, it's not too bad out here. Where are you? Out I'm west? Good, yeah, I'm over in uh, Aurora right now. Oh, my old stomping grounds. I, I worked on Eola Road in Aurora for forever. That's awesome. Yeah, back yeah, when it was back when it was nothing but a big field. When <laughs> when it snowed, it snowed in because there were no houses or anything around like there are now. Well, thank you for checking in and happy new year and enjoy the decade when it starts a year from now. Okay, <laughs> enjoy it tomorrow. Right. Good happy night. Bye bye. Thanks a bunch. More coming up. Stay with us at WGN. King and Johnny Putman of WGN Radio. That's our friend Joel Patterson, who joined us on Friday. And that is from his album, Let It Be Guitar. And in fact, we started the show with a text from a 224 area code that said just a note to say thank you guys for the Joel Patterson interview on Friday. And if you missed it, you can go to our Facebook page and you can click on the link to the podcast. Mm -hmm. But don't do that while we're on the radio because we want to introduce you to some more interesting people that have great stories to tell. In fact, if you're on Facebook, there's a good chance that you have come across a um, story in your feed. I, I've come across it four or five times over the past few days. What gets your attention, it's the picture of a bunch of empty Amazon boxes. And when you stop and you read the story that accompanies the stack of Amazon boxes, you see that there is a campaign called Give Back Box. And when I saw this, I said, what? You can take those empty boxes that I've been trying to destroy and put in recycling bins and you could put them to really, really good use. And then I found out that the person who's behind this whole business of Give Back Box, a former Chicagoan who's now out in L.A., her name is Monica Vila, and she was available to chat with us tonight. Monica, how are you this evening? I'm very good. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> well, thank you. So I get this picture in my feed over the weekend, and I stopped and I looked at it, and it said, if you have empty boxes laying around, you could turn this into a charitable opportunity. And I thought, with empty boxes? So take us back to 2012 when this whole idea came to you, and you were right here in Chicago, right, Monica? <laughs> yes, exactly. That's at that time, I haven't done yet anything for charity, or I did not even thought about I'm going to do something in the future. But I did shop a lot online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was buying a lot of things. And I also have my small uh, business, which is selling shoes online. So I was buying and also selling online. And I was looking for some way how this all cycle can be less guilty. Right, <laughs> I can right. Buy more <laughs> and feel that uh, you know I'm not such a bad person to buy so much. And also, I want to help my customers to you know get relief from the same uh, shopping guilt. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day I was uh, walking on the Michigan Avenue. I was living very close by, and I saw a homeless person sitting on the street and holding a sign says, "I need shoes." So in that moment, I have this, you know, feeling like someone really hit me in the head. And I said, 
my God, I have so many shoes I could help these men. But, you know, I was selling the woman's shoes at that time, so it mm-hmm. couldn't really work. So I go home and I just totally knew it like that was a message for me and I have to do something about this. So next day I come up with this idea that every day, every time when I'm going to ship shoes to my customers, I will include in the shipping box with the shoes like a little flyer and information about they can now take the same box, put inside the box, they they all clothes, shoes, whatever they need, and I will give them a free shipping label so they can ship it back to a charity without any cost. Now you would, so it would be a, let me stop you there. It would be a charity mm-hmm. of your choice. So this is a charity that you support. So now you go to your closet and you take these things that you want to donate and you put them in the empty box that you have just received your package in. Yes. And then you have yes. given them a, a, a shipping uh, uh, label so they don't have to pay for it. Exactly. Yes. So that was the whole idea. And I said, right. you know, this, this is so great. I can just, you know, like this, encourage my customers to do something good. Mm-hmm. So I started to do this, and, you know, my business wasn't really big, but after about two weeks, I heard from the charity, which I choose, that they received first boxes. <laughs> so I drove there, and when I saw it, the first five boxes, I still have a thank God pictures from that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when I saw it, that actually this thing worked, and someone actually sh- took a, a time and shipped something back, then in that moment, I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. If this is work for my small store, why, like Amazon or every online store, don't do the same thing? Because in that way, we could have, like, millions of people. So that was the beginning of a give-back box in Chicago. <laughs> now, what was the first big company that signed on and said, Monica, I love this idea. We also want to include shipping labels in our boxes with a flyer. What, what, what was the company that first signed on with you? Yes, the first company who ever started doing this, it's a company called New Egg. Sure. They're selling them electronics. So mm-hmm. that's the first company, and we started with them. It was 2014 in uh, Black Friday. That was the first official wow. partner. And yes, and very right after that, uh, we have another one. It's called Overstock. Mm-hmm. They were like a second, uh, really a big partner. And after that, it's just more and more companies start signing up. And Today, we're working with over 40 brands in the United States. We're operating in Canada, operating in Europe, and just keep <laughs> growing wow. and giving more and more. <laughs> Initially, did you have to kind of talk the, the first couple companies into it, or did they come to you and they were impressed by what you were doing? No, no. It's the first. The beginning was really, really rough. From 2012, when I got this idea to launch, it was 2014, so two years took me to get this to actually a level when I could go to a new act, which is already a big company, and say, hey, guys, this is something that's actually going to work. So it was a big uh, time between the idea and to actually start doing this. So mm-hmm. it was a lot of <laughs> traveling and talking and traveling and talking. And it oh, was sure. kind of like a chicken and egg situation <laughs> because no one wanted to be first and no one knew how it works and everyone think I just like a child with some crazy idea. <laughs> well, so, d- d- so it was a project. D- how many companies are you involved with now? So it's over 40 retailers. 40 retailers? Yeah, yeah, for zero right now. So, wow. yeah. <laughs> Everyone from, I'm seeing here, Levi's, Ann Taylor, uh, Uncommon Goods, Nordstrom's. So they are now uh, of a mind that, yes, People are shopping online. And and let me just back up and say, 
the reality is we are putting millions of tons of clothes and shoes into landfills every year. Isn't that right, Monica? Exactly. I mean, literally exactly. millions of tons just end up going in the garbage. And so much of this stuff could be reused, but people say, well, I don't have the time. I don't have the the wherewithal to stop by uh, fill in the blanks. But if you have a charity that you would like to support, as I understand it, if I take my Amazon boxes that I was going to cut up and put in recycling and I fill them with clothing and I choose to send them to a particular charity, I won't have to pay for the shipping. Is that correct? Yeah, for the free shipping, we are choosing the charity because we need to be ready that charities actually are ready to receive. We have a situation in, I think that was 2015, when we just, like, got very big launch with Amazon and the media pick it up and these things go viral again on Facebook, like like you saw it a couple mm-hmm. of days ago. It's happened exactly the same. So we have this very big crash when the business just was overnight such <laughs> a big success that there was Charities literally wake up next day with the trucks of donations outside. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we are very now prepared to choosing the charities, which we know that they can receive a lot of uh, donations. And, uh, you know, with the choice, it's not so easy because some of, there is millions of people will choose tomorrow, I don't know, charity ABC to right. kill the charity. <laughs> so, but the, the bottom line is these are legitimate charities that are in oh, need. Yeah, yeah. So this is just a yeah. godsend for them to get the boxes of, of donated clothing and shoes and household goods or whatever it is that you feel is and you don't want to send junk you don't want to get rid of your your yeah. your, your crap that right. deserves to be in the garbage you want to send stuff that would you wear this yes okay then you yeah. donate that that's fine i always explain to people like imagine that on the other side someone is open the box so you want to make that person smile that's all what yes. you have to know about donating yes yes <laughs> now, are these tax deductible donations Yes, absolutely. All the donations are tax deductible. So once the box that I put together is received, then Mm -hmm. somehow they generate a receipt that they send back to me? Yes. Yes. So when you go on their website and you print the label, you give an email address and the zip code. That's like a minimum requirement. Mm -hmm. And on that email, you receive the label and also receive receive, uh, the tax deduction when the box arrives in the nonprofit. So, so the, when the box arrives, does the nonprofit look at the contents of the box and then send a receipt that reflects the what they perceive the value of that the contents to be? No, because in the United States, the donor is the one who values the donations, not the charity. Okay. So charity only acknowledged, yes, we got donations ah. from uh, John Smith. And the John Smith decides how much the donation was worth. Oh, I see. Okay. So <laughs> now, again, for people who are looking like we are at a stack of, I, I stacked all my Amazon boxes, one inside the other. And I literally <laughs> said, I, I, honestly, uh, just the other day, I said to Steve, we're going to have to get down in the basement. We're going to have to take a yep. box cutter. We're going to have to break these down. And it breaks my heart because I'm thinking this is nothing but waste that's going it, in recycling. And I can't tell you, for some reason, I said to Jenny, wait a minute, let, let's keep these boxes. We may need them for something. Yes. And literally, a day later, <laughs> she comes across your website. And I we come, said, yes. aha. 
and it's givebackbox.com. So now, I didn't get any flyers or anything in my Amazon boxes. It told me that they're a part of givebackbox.com. But if I go to your page at givebackbox, that's where I get my information and my mailing uh, label. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. We try to stay away of any flyers in the boxes because it's just another way. Oh, that's true. Want to prevent this. Yeah, good point. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about recycling. We're talking about going green and being more more conscious of the environment. So, yeah, we don't want to add another piece of paper. And when you go to givebackbox.com, you will see how you can donate. You will see the story, the mission, and uh, an explanation of how it works. And just all your questions are answered right there. Click on different tabs on givebackbox.com. Now, are you finding that there, or or maybe you don't get this kind of feedback, I'm just wondering if there are parts of the country where people have really, really embraced this concept, because I have a feeling that we're talking, we're talking to the Midwest, and there are people right now going, finally, there's something that I can really get behind. I love this idea. Yes, you know, the main market is actually Chicago and New York, just because the convenience of donating. There is so many people right now who are living car-free. You know, we're taking Uber everywhere. We don't do, like, grocery shopping. We stay home. We just get rid of the car. So this program is definitely like a lifesaver for people who don't have a car or live in the high-rise buildings or in the city when taking a car to Salvation Army or goodwill it's like a ticket for sure right right well (laughs) that's definitely a a program for, for all of those folks well monica a listener had a good question she texts and asks what happens once i put the box together and i've got the label on it can ups or can the post uh the the uh u.s uh post office will they pick it up for me is that something am i asking too much no, 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 absolutely. All the questions are good. So, yes, so we work with every single shipper. We work with UPS, post office, FedEx. So whichever shipper is convenient for you, you can always request that kind of label. If you want to have a home pickup, you can always request a home pickup from post office, and they will come and simply pick it up. Yes. Wow. Really? Mm-hmm. This is yes. so cool. <laughs> I cannot believe that it's taking me... I, who, who do my part to uphold the economy by shopping, I cannot believe that it's only now that I'm learning about GiveBackBox.com. And when I talked to you today, I was so excited that you were able to talk to us tonight because here we are at the end of the year. A lot of people say, I'm going to start the new year. I'm going to clean my closets out. Or maybe they're looking at making a donation for tax purposes. And I know yeah. you don't have that much time to do it, but you still have time to do it. Monica, can I ask you to sit tight for just a moment? We're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll repeat the specifics for people. If you're just tuning in, we want you to jot down the information about givebackbox.com. So stay with us on WGN. Why does this make me want to say boom shakalaka laka boom shakalaka laka? <laughs> I want to turn on the mirror ball. <laughs> or or I want to roller skate. I would have loved this. I would have been wearing sparkly pants. I would have been watching. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You weren't about to get out there skating. No, 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 no. Um, if you're just joining us, uh, I would be the Johnny. 
And I would be the Steve. Of Steve and Johnny. And we welcome you in here. Uh, during the break, I was answering texts from people who are just tuning in. And by the way, the roads apparently are pretty snaky, especially out in the western suburbs. We're getting reports from Elgin and St. Charles that it's really, really bad. Temperatures drop below 32 degrees and the roads are wet. A lot of traffic, too. If you want to give us a call and let us know what's going on, uh, and if you can do it safely from a hands-free phone... Or uh, your passenger, or your passenger can yeah. do it. That's fine. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. But now we return to the lady behind. I love this. Give back box. box. Dot com. com. I typed that a half a dozen times during the break, answering people's texts, saying, I just tuned in. What's this all about? Uh, Monica Vila is the woman behind GiveBackBox.com. Monica, former Chicagoan, now in L.A. When you hear us talk about weather, I'm sure you don't miss this, do you, Monica? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Not even a little bit? <laughs> you know, I'm born and raised in that weather i'm polish so uh-huh. the chicago it's still very close to my heart because it's like little poland in the united states sure <laughs> yep. yeah but the weather i never liked cold so yes <laughs> i'm really happy here <laughs> you're happy in la okay <laughs> well monica during the break it was so funny because people are saying wait a minute i just tuned in what's this about i can take my empty boxes and one woman said if i sent you a picture of the boxes in my garage you would send help for me. I need psychiatric help. Because she did all of her Christmas shopping online. But again, the important yeah. thing is fill those empty boxes with some good stuff. Good stuff. The clothes that you're no longer using. Your kids have outgrown them. The shoes that are perfectly good, but you don't think they're this year's style. Or maybe, you know what, you're just tired of them. Or maybe, and, and Monica, I'm correct, you can also uh, donate household goods too, like blankets and things like that, right? Yes, mm-hmm, absolutely. Also toys. A lot of people ask for toys. Oh. You can donate toys as well. We actually just launched partnership in October with Lego. So uh, we have a special program also for Lego when you can donate Lego bricks. And we actually uh, have a program to clean them, wash them, sanitize them, and then we donate them to schools. So wow. that's something which, what we're doing as well. Yes. That's wonderful. Can, can I, I have to ask a, a question. Who pays for all this this work that has to be done? How are you financing that? Yeah, so in 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 case of Lego program, which is very like um, very ahead of everything what we do, it's actually Lego as a company come up with such a great responsibility that they pay basically for everything. So it's really the first program which we've done that kind, and I'm always with every interview, I'm just so prizing the company because this is actually the first take-back program for toys ever created. That's brilliant. So this is just showing how much brands taking responsibility for the product they manufacture Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's one thing to manufacture and sell and put this out of the market, but the second thing is to take this back from the market. And in the case of Lego, this is a perfect example how five years ago this no one really thought about this to what's happening with the products which are sold. But right now the brand kinda of looking to that, wait a minute, we are producing and producing tons of tons of plastic. Maybe we should do something about it. So it's become I can see this when when I started till now in just a couple of years, 
this changed so much in terms of the uh, brand's consciousness and brand's responsibility that my program become very, very easy to adopt by brands. Mm-hmm. And they also come up and help us more to make this program even more convenient and more use, useful. So Lego is a perfect example, and it's just the first company who done done such a thing. And I already work with a couple more brands who are following that lead, and I can see it that it's really, really uh, beautiful to see that brands uh, really, really take responsibility for what they're doing. So the future is bright, I will say. Yes. <laughs> Monica, we have people listening to us uh, uh, via the, uh, the live stream literally all over the world. And one of our listeners in London wants to know if you are in London or another part of the world, can you yes. still participate? Yes, it's givebackbox.org.uk. We are in the UK, yes. How many, how many countries are you in? <laughs> so we are right now in United States, Canada, and UK. Three countries only. <laughs> Amazing. Good for you. I, I, am, I am just so tickled to, to know you. I mean, this is amazing to see what you've been able to do, and you should be so proud. And I know you are when you see companies like Lego jump on board and say, we want to be a part of this. And as one of our listeners pointed out, not only are we donating and taking clothing or household goods that would end up in landfills and donating it to charities where it gets put to good use. But we're also taking cardboard boxes and we're also recycling yes. those, yeah. which is a pretty amazing thing, too. Yes, yes. We actually have a partnership with International Paper, which is one of the biggest boxes manufacturer on the planet. And basically all the boxes who arrive in the major nonprofits, they are put outside and then International Paper rebuying those boxes back and making new boxes out of this. So <laughs> it's really amazing to see that there is literally zero waste uh, with our program. <laughs> it's- I had an interesting text from somebody who wants to know, uh, can you use any kind of a box? Does it have to be an Amazon box? Or if you have a box from a local department store or something like that, can you use that kind of a box too? Any box is fine. Even the big poly envelopes are fine too. It's really not a problem. Anything is okay. Amazing. I am just, I'm sitting here smiling from ear to ear. So again, (laughs) we want our listeners to go to givebackbox.com and they will see you. You're so beautiful and you should be working in movies out in California, (laughs) but instead you're working tirelessly. Boxes, you know. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, but you can still shop because now you can shop without guilt, right? Yes, this is basically yes. I'm just so happy because I just get today two Amazon boxes and they're right here because I, I did too. I got two boxes <laughs> today, and, and I was thinking, wait, this box is too small, but I could still put stuff in this box, and this box was really big. And uh, at the same time, I was thinking, yes, that's what I find exciting. Now I'm going to set the boxes aside and just start taking things out of the closet and just start folding mm-hmm. them and putting them in the boxes and then go to your site and get my mailing label. And I'm going to send it to one of these charities that will be waiting for this box of fabulous stuff. Is there any yes. Is there any weight restriction? Yeah, so there is a weight restriction, which is 70 pounds. But basically the rule is... Wait a minute. Sure you can do up to 70 pounds? pounds? Yes, you can do really big boxes, but I I encourage people to do like 
smaller bags because let's think about all these mailmen and the UPS yes. drivers who need to carry this. So yes. please just don't make their life more difficult. They're already helping us so much. I mean, <laughs> wow. I, so I, was, I was thinking of something relatively like simple. Like if, like if somebody had an old laptop or something like that that they wanted to donate. Would, would oh, a yeah, laptop, is, laptop is okay. Just please don't put like TVs or printers or <laughs> like uh, computers. Not now, like really big electronics because they're really, really heavy and unusually broken and not right. to use. All right. get broke in the mail. So kind of, you know, get your own judgment what, what the right. item can happen also. Like no glass because as longer, you know, the glasses might be needed, but uh, usually in the shipment, they're going to get broken. So right. But let, let me, I know we have to let you go in a second, but let me hold you on electronics for a second. If somebody has um, an old cell phone that they want to donate, is that yeah. okay? Cell phones are okay, absolutely. They're actually very, very needed uh, in charity, so yes. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Everything is spelled out. If we did not answer your questions, I want our listeners to go to givebackbox.com, and there you can click on how this works. If you're just tuning in, you're saying, wait a minute, what is this craziness? You can send stuff to charities and you don't have to pay for it? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what we're talking and about. And you get a tax deduction and for it. Yes, you get a receipt to back to you for, for taking the time to send. Again, gently use clothes. Things, as Monica said, if you open, imagine yourself on the receiving and you open the box, would you be happy or not? So, again, Monica, thank you so much for doing what you're doing with Give Back Box. My pleasure. Thank you so much for letting people know about this. That's, oh. like, really, really hard for us. <laughs> we'll be in touch. Thank you, Monica. Thanks, Monica. Happy New thank Year. You. Happy New Year. More coming up at WGN. All right. If you really do. my reaction so there we were watching the voice and i actually had my eyes closed yes and just listening to the voice and if i'd had a buzzer man i, I would know been, i was like hell yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> give me some of that all right that is the voice of chicago's own and we are so proud of her chicago's own katie caden Katie, girl, how are you? I'm great. How are you? It's so nice to meet you. Where have you been in our lives all these years? I know. The best secret in Chicago. Best kept secret in Chicago. And Katie, we know a lot of the same people. <laughs> we find out now that we have all these, uh, like Jamie Halacia, who knows you from uh, some of the blues clubs in Chicago. Yeah. Yes. And Lynn Orman. And we said, wait, wait, you guys know her and you didn't tell us about her all these years? So how did you end up auditioning for The Voice? Take us back um it's something i didn't want to do originally you know as a musician i think uh my thinking was that you know i have to do what my forefathers did you know i have to hit the pavement i got to work really hard and, and that i did mm-hmm. um but you know the music industry has changed so very much 
and I thought, you know, if I did something like this, would it be a, would I be a sellout? Um, and um, I'm so glad that I I didn't listen to that doubt. I'm glad that I tried something that was that was new and fresh and um, the greatest experience of my life. They actually reached out to me um, over Instagram. My friend Sarah Potenza um, was on season eight. Mm-hmm. So I, um, she's like, girl, you got to do it. I'm like, no, it's not really for me. And she's like, come on, come on, you got to do it. And I did, I'm so glad that I did. Yeah. As I, as I said from day one, your life is forever changed as a result this of being in the voice. Yeah. Whether or not you won, but my money was on you. And like twenty six. Did you lose a lot of money? Well, no, no, I didn't. And honestly, Katie, we're not just saying that. We thought you should yes. have won. And. Was so pleased with your choice of songs. Like you, what we just heard was your audition. And that for people who don't watch The Voice, where have you been? But that sound you heard were the judges reacting to Katie, and then you hear them slap their buzzer and they turn around, they see her, and they go, "Whoa, larger than life!" That's Miss Katie. Why did you choose the song "Baby I Love You" to for your audition? Was there a story behind that? Well, um, I was in a uh, Chicago band actually, um, Bob Zagata. Um, is the lead singer. It's called the Simple Tones, and I, I joined that band, you know, because I mean, as a musician, you can't just do. I couldn't do everything I just wanted to do. I had to pay your dues, you know, but pay pay my dues and pay my bills. Mm-hmm. Um, and I joined a band called the Simple Tones with some of my really good friends, and we just had fun doing covers. And um, my my friend Bob a few years ago said, "Listen, I would love it if you would sing this Aretha Franklin song." And I'm like, "Listen." I don't sing Aretha Franklin. Aretha sings Aretha. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I just think you'd be really good. I'm like, okay, okay, fine, I do it. Well, I just ended up falling in love with his song. Now, I've always loved Aretha Franklin and can sing any one of her songs. However, that's how I felt. I was like, okay, I mean, she's the queen. I can't. I can't, you know. <laughs> um, but then I thought to myself as a songwriter, as a singer, if somebody else would like to sing something of mine, what an honor that would be. So I just really wanted to do a classic. I, did, I wanted to do something, you know, not everybody knows this song, Baby, I Love You. Yeah. Like, I mean, people who listen to Aretha know everything she does, but a lot of people don't. And I wanted to, to come in with that song. It's so much fun to play on the keys, too. So that's my story behind that. Well, <laughs> one of the things that knocked me out through all your voice performances is as you're doing different songs, it's one thing to say, oh, this is a fun th- song to do. It's another thing to be able to bring your own personality to that song. And I'll give you a classic example. Lady Marmalade. <laughs> when you did Lady Marmalade, and I thought, okay, you know, I've heard LaBelle, I've heard any of a number of things. And honestly, I'm a little tired of Lady Marmalade. Until Katie brought Katie to Lady Marmalade, and I thought, <laughs> hello, I want to buy that puppy. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you, Steve. But how, how did you... It's one thing to like the songs. It's another thing to have the confidence to say, I'm doing this as me. Mm-hmm. So how did you get... Was, well, was John Legend... It wasn't my first choice. Um, John was like, you know, I have this idea. I, I, I see you singing Lady Marmalade. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, all right, you know. I've gotten this far. I'm just going to trust you. So whatever you think is best, <laughs> I'm just going to do it. And and that was my concern, too. I'm like, okay, Lady Marmalade, 
Now I say Lady Marmalade. First I said Lady Marmalade. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, at first I was I, I was thinking the same thing. Is the song so overplayed or, you know, am I going to do it justice? I would keep on singing these huge songs by phenomenal singers. I mean, Patti LaBelle. What? Mm-hmm. Um, but when I got to staging, um, when I got to hear what the vision of what I w- what it was going to look like on stage, I was like, I'm just going to have fun. I've never done anything like this. I've never had backup dancers. I've never had background singers dress like me. I... <laughs> Oh, that that strut every everybody energy, did every moment. Yes, like it was the last minute of my life. Like I'm just gonna sing it and have so much fun, and that's what I did. Well, that that strut that everybody was doing during Lady Marmalade was so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it looked like you were savoring every moment, and that's why we, the viewers, were enjoying it so much too. Mm-hmm. Let me tell our listeners, too, when we say John, again, if you didn't watch The Voice, there were four judges, Kelly Clarkson, Gwen Stefani, Blake Shelton, and John Legend. People's sexiest man <laughs> yes, that's right. in the world. <laughs> and probably, <laughs> and back me up on this, maybe the sweetest guy in entertainment. Am I right, Katie? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Oh, he, he is so kind. He just seems so normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At first, like, when I first met him, I was like, hello, John Legend, you know, and then it, very quickly it turned from, hello, John, and what's up, John, you know, yeah. I'm here, what are you doing? Well, Tell me what to do. <laughs> all four of those judges turned for you. We're going to take a quick break, come back, and I want to know why out of those four people, you stood there and said, okay, this is my future. Come back, and you're going to tell us why you chose John Legend as your coach. So stay with us. We're talking with Katie Caden. Katie's one of the finalists from this season's Voice. And if you want to check her out, if you don't know her, oh, golly, you've got to check the girl out. K-A-T-I-E-K-A-D-A-N.com. I used to think that I was broken. Let me love you so twisted. Put your hand on the radio and say, Amen, everybody. Lord, yes. That's the voice of Katie Caden, and she's with us on the line. I tell you, girl. Katie, I'm getting hot in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm a happily married man to Johnny. Uh Uh-oh. Yes. Watch yourself, Steve. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Gosh. So, John Legend is your coach. How did you, you're standing there? You've got like seconds to make a decision between the four who want you so badly. I mean, Blake is even trying to sell you on he knows Chicago and he's mm-hmm. been to Chicago. He's trying to pull you over to his side. What made you go with John Legend? 
Um, you know, I kind of had an idea of who I wanted to go with originally, and I finally confessed what I really thought to John. Um, going in, I was going to choose Kelly Clarkson because I thought, you know, maybe, maybe we would connect because um, she's real bubbly, and I'm pretty bubbly myself, and we'd have a lot of fun together. And, of course, Blake Shelton blocked Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I thought, okay, I'm going to go with John. Now, I I was battling, do I go with John or Kelly? Because those were my two top picks. And I'm so glad that everything worked out the way that it did, and I went with John because me and John have a lot in common. I mean, even... Outside, I think, you know, a songwriter style, we do. Um, we both play and sing. Um, we both grew up in a church, a Pentecostal church. Right. Um, you know, we have. We were both homeschooled. So it was just in that moment, um, it just felt right. Hmm. I'm like, I'm going to go with John. And, and then I hugged him, and it was great. <laughs> and the rest is history, right? <laughs> Melted in his arms a little bit, and now it's good. <laughs> I'm like, hold me up. Come on. <laughs> and you know what's really cool is you could tell that he loved working with you. Yeah. That's what I enjoy yeah. because when th- that's one of my favorite things about the show is when they go to commercial break and we get to see the sets being broken down, the amazing things that the crew does to make the next mm-hmm. song just just blow your mind with all these incredible sets and also the behind the scenes pieces when we go to John's house and you're sitting there in his house and his kids are running around and you guys are playing and I know you're being videoed but still you're outside of the studio and you're in his environment and that was a really neat part of it you could tell he was real happy too oh yeah but I also have to ask you about it correct me if I'm wrong but it sure looked to me like you and the band had a real chemistry going. Like there was real respect. Like they were digging what you were doing, and you were digging what they were doing. What was that all like? It was so much fun. I mean, um, Paul is the band leader, is such an encouraging guy, and always wanted to to get my vision with the song, you know, yeah, we'll do whatever you want, you know. You feel like you want to speed up tempo, you feel like you want to do this, you know. We did a lot of playing, and the guys were super, I mean, top-of-the-notch musicians. It was easy. Um, The great thing for me was I was prepared to walk in there with top-notch musicians because, you know, my training ground was Chicago. Mm-hmm. My training ground was the Blues Club. My training ground was um, the Underground Wonder Bar. I was there for almost eight years or yep. seven mm-hmm. years. So, you know, I got to play with fantastic musicians where when I would walk in, it wouldn't intimidate me. It would be like, yeah, I get to play with you guys. This is so much fun, you know? I mean, don't get me wrong. I got a little intimidated when I would play. When I would sing, I felt a little bit more confident, you know? And just everybody was goofy, and we had so much fun. You know, like I felt... They they let me feel so at home. And even after the show and everything was said and done, Paul's like, hey, I'm on social media. You need anything, you reach out to me. You know, wow. we all love you so much. And they're just, it's, they really know, they create such a loving environment. That it, was, it was a delight to be a part of. Now, what about wardrobe? Do they have this oh incredible wardrobe for you? Because, I mean, 
you were wearing some eye-popping outfits. And the glasses, oh my gosh, you should have your own line yes. of funky glasses. Yes. I know, I got goals, goals. Yes, oh my um, gosh. You know, I had a stylist, her name was Marta, um, and she was lovely. So before we got to the show, we cr- we all created our own vision boards, and that was a lot of fun for me, um, you know, just sending ideas of things, you know, like, I know what works for my body. I know what I feel good in. I know I love to play with color, but I was also very open to things that I might have not tried before. Um, You know, like I I said, cross patterns for me are a plus. I will play. I will go outside of the box. I, I will let you know if I'm comfortable. And the one thing that I had to say was, I'm not big into heels. I can wear them for very short periods of time because after a certain period, I get pretty crabby. (laughs) (laughs) They are torture chambers. No, Um, kind of. (laughs) But, yeah, I did have a stylist. Um, She worked with me, and, and and of course, I, I didn't have to say yes to everything that she gave me, but she was so good that I'd be like, yes, Marta, you get me. And, you know, even at the end, she was like, I'm going to miss styling you. She goes, you are so much fun to dress, you know. Did she come up with the glasses, too, to go with no, the No, that was mine. Really? Was, yeah. You own those glasses? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, my gosh. Most of them, a lot Whoa. of them I did, and a lot of them they, they provided for me, too. Amazing. So it was fun, yeah. Yeah, and then you had somebody to do your hair, so that was part of the fun, mm-hmm. too, every week was, oh, what, yeah, what is yeah. Katie Caden going to sing? And, <laughs> oh, my gosh, what is that girl going to wear? <laughs> I know. It was so much fun. I probably, the the, uh, the wardrobe was just is fun, if not more fun than everything else. Did you get to take anything? <laughs> I'm such a girly girl. I've always loved fashion, and I, uh, you know, and and it, it it was a fun thing for me too to to represent the big girls too. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, um, we've been the ones who have been hiding in the sidelines, wearing black and hiding in a corner, and you know, I got to get out on stage and just own every piece of me, and you know. That felt so good to get to where I am now, to the, to where I was before, is just such, it's, it feels so wonderful mm-hmm. to be where I'm at, you know. And the voice was nice enough to give me a stage to be able to be my most authentic self. And, and that was probably one of my biggest fears going into it. Will I be able to be me? And I was able to be me. <laughs> well, let me hold you on where you are now. Where are you now? Are you recording? Are you touring? Uh, what's 2020 looking like for you? Well, I just was flown out to um, North Carolina um, for a Panthers game. Mm-hmm. Um, me, Ricky, Duran, and Jay Coot all did that. Um, right now, uh, I'm going to finish out the holidays in Nashville. Um, I am going to... Um, when I come back from the holidays, um, I'm going to get together with my team, and we are going to set up a tour because that's something I've never done before, and I know I want to tour 
the country, but before I do, I want to set up some big shows in Chicago. Yes, as well. Yes, yes. don't worry. <laughs> but that means you guys got to come too. Absolutely, absolutely. Right, and give me a shout out. Um, we're we're gonna figure all that. We're gonna be making plans. I got a, a meeting the day I get home. Um, I have a wonderful group of people that are helping me, um, helping me through this process and. Great things are coming. So, you know, that was the thing. Do I, you know, like even at The Voice, you don't know the outcome. And so I knew no matter whatever the outcome is, I have to come up with a plan of what's next. What's yeah. next? Because, you know, I was so involved in the show that that's kind of all you can think of. Um, I am blessed to have a team, musicians, um, to personal assistant, to management, to um, wardrobe um, of people who love me and and believe in me and are helping me build um, my brand and my vision and to make it to come to fruition. So good things are coming. Absolutely. Katie, Absolutely. Katie, I've got to repeat for people who are saying, I'm trying to find her online. It's K-A-T-I-E-K-A-D-A-N. Mm-hmm. And you all, I, I predict that at some point in 2020, she is going to be a household name. <laughs> Katie, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back for some, okay. clo- some closing thoughts from you because I'm dying to know what it's like to be recognized on the streets now because I'm sure that's happening all the time. Talking with Katie Caden on WGN. <laughs> Man, I love that. Oh, that is so good. That is Katie Caden. And Katie, that is your current single, correct? It is, yeah. All now, better. Can, can you tell us anything about an album at this point? <laughs> well, I actually have an album that's out. I, I put the album out before I did the show. Um, I've always wanted to do an album. Um, it took me a long time coming, but I, I produced it with a friend of mine, Daniel Robbins, along another one, a uh, friend of mine, Anthony Ford. We uh, put together um, a bunch of my original songs, including one of Daniel Robbins as well, and um, it's a self-titled album called Katie Caden. It's also out on iTunes. Um Spotify, any streaming service, and it's also on my website, katiecaden.com, too. So um, this, the, the 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 song that I have for the show is the reason why I went with that song too. Um, I wanted to show a different side of me as well. I think that people look at me like, oh, Katie is all rays of sunshine, and I am. I'm pretty sunshiny. <laughs> um, but there's, you know, we, I'm, I'm, I'm human. Yeah. That there's, there's parts of, of, of me that have been broken as well, and, and I wanted to show that, you know, you can be angry. It's okay <laughs> to show your, your emotions and, and to, to, to kind of take back what was taken from you. And, and there's a lot of that too in my album as well, um, my self-titled album too. Um, kind of get a different side of of my writing style, which is a lot of fun. 
So and as far as like even tour information too, there's a newsletter on my website that you can get more information there. Mm-hmm. The CD is there. I sold out of T-shirts, but we're getting some soon. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you mentioned that cool. you were homeschooled, and uh, as we learned on the show too, that you were raised in the Pentecostal church. Mm-hmm. Um, being raised Baptist, I know that there was very little pop music that I was allowed mm-hmm. to listen to. Mm-hmm. So who were your musical influences if you were homeschooled and, and, and oh entrenched in the church? Who were you Absolutely. listening to? So I, you're right. Um, my mom didn't really let us listen to secular music, but we could listen to oldies. And to be honest with you, I was a rule breaker. So I, <laughs> I had... Hidden CDs and tape cassettes under my bed, <laughs> strategically placed. My mom knew knows about them now. Yeah. Um. She thought she was doing the right thing, and I and I would always tell her like, "Mom, you scarred me musically." <laughs> um. I listened to a lot of oldies. The Beatles were a huge influence, but my biggest influence was Carole King. Really? Um, I loved the Tapestry album. I would listen to it over and over and huh. over and over um, because, you know, I knew she was a young songwriter. I knew that I had a song to sing, and I started writing it at a, at a younger age, but I wasn't great at it. Um, I had to get better, and, I, and there's still room for improvement and growth. Um, but Carol King was a huge influence, and my dad loved soul music, and my mom loved folk music, too. So I kind of have a mix of a little bit of everything, and then, you know, gospel. I mean, mm-hmm. I got a little bit of everything. Blues was well, a traditional music, so I was allowed to listen to that, too. You also have some pretty strong jazz chops, so you mm-hmm. had to have been exposed <laughs> to, like, a. am thinking of Billie Holiday, right? Uh, Absolutely. Sure. She was probably my biggest. Really? Oh, oh, I love Billie Holiday. Love her. I actually considered singing a Billie Holiday song on the show. Um, but which we which one would you have sang? I wanted to do Come Raider, Come Shine, and they were like, hey, that Oh, yeah. Obscure for a younger audience yeah. who might not get it. Yeah. Um, I'm like, okay, I know. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, that's kind of my dream. I'm like, I wanted that white sparkly dress with a flower <laughs> in my hair. One day, one day I'll get it. <laughs> and again, it's funny that they're talking about younger demographics, and you are only in your early, early 30s. So it's oh, not. Oh, no, quite wrong. I'm in my late, late 30s. <laughs> well, no, Thank come on, you. this is radio. We're all in our early 30s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're right. Very early thirties. That's right. I'm I'm curious. Before the voice, mm-hmm. was there a specific point? Was it whether it was a performance or or whatever? When you knew this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I knew that from the beginning, since I can remember. Really? <laughs> yeah, I knew this was my calling. Since I was a little girl, I was such an introvert. But even on the stage, stage, I should say the pulpit, (laughs) behind the pulpit at church, I was introverted as a child. But when I would sing, all of that would melt away. Wow! You know, I—that's where I felt most comfortable. You know, and it's kind of a weird, awkward, a weird thing. It's—it's still scary. I still get nervous, but there's just so much peace there, and I think that. That was something that I always knew I had to do. Like, I always, okay, I'm going to be a doctor and a singer. I'm going to be a nun and a singer. I know, I switched it up a little bit. I'm going to be a police officer and a singer because that's what I can do and that's what I'm good at. And that's, that's, 
been a part of me my whole life. Mm. Oh, so what does it feel like when people recognize you now? Oh, it feels really lovely. Oh, really? It doesn't freak you out? Like, wait a minute, I'm just Katie from Chicago. Uh, oh, uh, yes. Um, it's not, no, I'm just, no, no, I'm not used to it yet. Who am I kidding? No. Yeah. It's wonderful. My mom loves it even more. My sister loves oh, it, too. that's sweet. <laughs> we went out to breakfast this morning, and I got there earlier with my sister, and a bunch of people came up, and we're taking pictures. And then when my mom got there, she was like, I missed it, I missed it. <laughs> and then more people came. She's like, oh, thank God. I just, you know, they just get so excited excited that oh my gosh our katie people can see what we see Aww. and um and, and you know what we've known for all these years it's it's wonderful i i didn't expect that i just thought you know i'll be on a show and whatever i'll probably not make it all the way through but i'll try it and mm-hmm. wow <laughs> Was it Was, a- speaking <laughs> speaking of those kind of moments i mm-hmm. hope on some level you're keeping a diary about this time in your life yeah I'm trying. I'm not the greatest at it, but I am. I I am journaling. I love to journal. Um, Sometimes busyness comes in the way. Thanks for reminding me, too, that I have to make that time for for writing things down. You're right. And um, just like even an emotional journal, too, Mm -hmm. just the ride of a lifetime, just... to to stay current with my feelings in this process because, you know, I really haven't had a minute to kind of settle down. That's why I decided to go away to Nashville for a few days to get some downtime and to just get away and to have to kind of absorb, okay, what just happened? Mm-hmm. You know, I have to think about everything and take some time to journal and take some time to unwind. So that's why I don't want to jump into something right away. I want to take that little bit of space for me and then to get to work. A listener has- we should uh, privately send you some, uh, some content. We have a lot of friends in Nashville. Uh, awesome. That that we think you would like to oh, to meet yeah. and and a a suggestion for a restaurant, go to the Tin Angel. The Tin Angel. Tin, tin Angel. Angel. Yes. Yep. Okay. It's, it's truly wonderful. And you'll be sitting there and look over and there's Lucinda Williams in that corner and over there's John Sebastian. You're like, wow, they're just like regular people. And people will say, that's Katie Caden. Look, she's so normal when she's oh, out. Oh, <laughs> you're so sweet, Johnny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I am so tickled to meet you because we are such huge fans. And your oh, your story you. is so... I don't want to sound like a big old cliche, but it's so heartwarming to see someone who deserves to have the attention that you're getting. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just going to be fabulous. And I'm glad your mom's along and your sister's along for the ride. And that's part of the cool factor is that you can say, look, look, dreams really do come true, people. Oh, yeah. It's a blessing. I am so blessed. And thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, you guys gosh. are such a delight to talk to. Well, well, thank you for joining us. I hope this is the first of many conversations. I hope yes. we can stay in touch. And uh, when you come back to Chicago, we would love to, uh, um, or you're to get gonna, together. And, or you'll call the police and say, there's some very strange people in the first Stalking row. you. <laughs> and yes. I keep seeing them. And, they, over and she's wearing goofy glasses, and she thinks she's looking like, no. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm buying new glasses this week because I've only got blue and red, and I'm just, I'm expanding mm-hmm. my glasses uh, wardrobe. <laughs> Yes, we'll go shopping together. Well, again, congratulations, (laughs) and thank you so much for your time, and happy, happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Thank you, Katie. Good night. Thank you.
Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. And that group is going to be joining us live in the studio tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. That would be the Empty Pockets. Chicago's own Empty Pockets. Yeah. We have so much talent in this town. I, I know we were talking with Katie Caden, a winner on The Voice, who's down in Nashville. And yes, we know a lot of talented people in Nashville. But we've got our own sound. We've got our own people. And they don't have to leave Chicago to have success, like mm-hmm. the Empty Pockets. They're a good example. But we've got a lot of fantastic music that's going to be played live in studio for New Year's Eve, and we hope that you will join us tomorrow night. Empty Pockets, Ronnie Rice, Corky Siegel, and... Uh, the River Road Trio. River Road Trio. Which will be two of the three, because uh, Kyle of the River Road Trio is a new dad. Oh! So he's staying home with his wife and well, his baby. Well, congratulations, Kyle. To ring in the new year. Yeah. yeah. And if you don't know, our New Year's Eve extravaganza begins at... Uh, actually... It will begin after the Hawks game tomorrow night, so we're not sure exactly when we're going to get on the air, uh, but we will be on the air at least before the midnight countdown, and then going all the way up to 5 in the morning with Mm -hmm. countdowns from every single time zone. I'm bummed. Just got a text from Hmm. a listener that sent me a link to a Tennessean story, the Tin Angel restaurant that we loved. Apparently, it closed earlier this year. No. Restaurant pioneers Rick and Vicki Balsam retired and closed the Tin Angel. The Tin Angel had been there forever. It, it was yeah. a wonderful, out on the, uh, if you're familiar with Nashville, out on the uh, West End, and you would kind of go up these uh, weird little steps, and it, it was a great little place. It had a funky fireplace. It just had a nice vibe, and it was just dark enough that if you were a famous yeah. person, you could sit there and no one would bother you. There's George Harrison over there, but don't bother him. He's eating dinner. We were there with Tommy Emanuel and Doyle Dykes yeah. and Muriel Anderson and uh, some of the guys from BR549. Well, one of the good things is if you were on a special diet, if you were a vegan, vegetarian, no no dairy, or in our case, gluten-free, they were so good and so open about basically handling you with loving care yeah. so that you felt very safe. And in fact, a Chicago connection. I was going to mention that longtime Chicagoans would probably remember the name Bob Atcher. Bob Atcher was a... A radio, TV host, uh, singing cowboy, and he hosted a number of shows in Chicago. And his daughter, Cecily Atcher, was a waitress down at the Tin Angel, and she also had a farm, and she was also an incredible singer. Yeah. Uh, Just a... Sadly, she passed away. She was so young. And she happened to be uh, our waitress the day we were sitting there with our Life After Dark CD, mm-hmm. which had a picture of the Tribune Tower on the cover of it. And it was lying right there on the table. We had brought it along to give to someone we were meeting for dinner. And she looked down and she said, well, my dad used to work there. And we looked yeah. at her and said, at the Tribune Tower? And she said, oh, yeah, I used to join my dad when he would do radio shows there. We said, well, who are you? And, of course, we knew the name Bob Batcher. Yeah. And it was just like this crazy small world. Yeah. 
By the way, we should mention, if you are uh, out driving tonight, please be careful, yeah. particularly out west. Uh, some crazy stuff going on. Keep we've your had, hands on the wheel. We've had reports. Uh, David was reporting St. Charles, was reporting a, a number of spin-out accidents uh, west on the Eisenhower, the east-west tollway. We've had some reports from the Elgin area, Slick Roads. Uh, Rockford also checked in. Uh, it looks like the road that has been getting the most reports is 20, all up and down 20, that there have been some pretty serious accidents stopping traffic and a lot of traffic because people, a lot of people don't have to work tomorrow. So this is sure. their get out of town or get back home night. Yeah. And, uh, it's a little scary. So be careful if you have to be out tonight. And I think people have been kind of lulled into a sense of, oh, it's 60 degrees in yeah. Chicago in December. And oops. and now it's below freezing and yeah. it's been raining and drizzling. And as a result, there's some very, very slick ramps and bridges because they always freeze first. And now all of a sudden I'm putting on my traffic hat mm-hmm. that I wore for so many years. <laughs> Um, but quite seriously, uh, be careful. And if there's something we should know about the roads, please feel free to text us or call us. Uh, uh, obviously, you don't want to text us if you're driving. You don't want to call us. If you get to a safe place where you can make that phone call, we'd appreciate the information. Please do pass it along to us, mm-hmm. and we will get it on the radio. Coming up a little later, we're going to check in with Gino Salomon, our uh, showbiz machino. Uh, take a look at the uh, big showbiz stories and people from 2019. And then a little later, we're going to segue out to the left coast and check in with our longtime Cyber Squad chief, Patrick Crispin. And he's got some interesting suggestions for New Year's tech resolutions. And that may sound odd, but there are reasons to pay attention to this. Yes, because you probably have a computer and you're probably lazy like me and you just don't do things that you should be doing so that you Mm -hmm. can be a smart and safe Uh, computer user so we've decided we'll put this under the heading of resolutions tech resolutions Mm -hmm. things that you should seriously think about doing and really stuff you you probably haven't thought about and when you hear it just say oh yeah Yeah. that makes a whole lot of sense right and if you're going to be hanging around the house over the next few days uh, it's a good time to uh you know think about some of the things that he will suggest like new passwords and don't don't give it all away i'm not going to give everything away team what are you your team team decade well no and the new decade starts <laughs> on january 1st no <laughs> with the aughts in a recent YouGov survey 64 percent of americans said the next decade will begin on january 1st of 2020 and end on december 31st of 2029 mm-hmm. but there's there's a group of us who are all three of you <laughs> no <laughs> well a smaller number of people, mm-hmm. or a slightly fewer number of people, say everything starts next year. <laughs> this is why we have separate checkbooks. Oh, hey, my checkbook looks fantastic. Yours is a mess. Mine's all rounded off to the next highest number. It and, looks great. And mine actually tells me how much I have in the checking account. <laughs> what a concept. I'm, I'm looking here. A listener sent me this story. It says, um, are you... Um, Are you Team Zero or are you Team One? Those who believe the new decade will begin after midnight on the upcoming New Year's Eve and those who believe the burgeoning celebrations of a new decade and all the last decade retrospectives are, in fact, a year early. And I'm in that school. (laughs) Could you do a little Donald Duck? 
I won't show him. Joey's listening. Our boy Joey is listening out in Pasadena. And uh, he's our number one fan now because he gets in the yeah. car and he wants to get Gigi and Grand Dude on the radio. Turn them on. I love that kid. <laughs> and we've seen pictures of Joey just uh, looking at, at the computer with our pictures on because he's listening to one of the podcasts. With his, with his yeah. headphones on, which mm-hmm. is even better because he's hanging on to every word. Yeah. I love it. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Joey is our grandson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he adopted us, and uh, Patrick Crispin, who will join us in the 10 o'clock hour, uh, he is Joey's dad, and uh, Joey's three years old now. He'll be mm-hmm. four. Oh, golly. He looks like he's six. Yeah. I mean, he's so tall. And, and, and Anyway, I'll start talking like most grandparents. Do you want to see pictures of him? I have pictures. Uh-huh. I'll show you pictures. Uh, but we're just so tickled that we can be in his life and uh, watch him as he grows up. And he's really sharp, and he enjoys listening to us on the radio. So he's smart, too. Actually, you can see pictures of Joy. Um, and Patrick and Christine are okay with this. Uh, one of the places that we hang out is on Facebook. So go to Facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny's Show. So S T E V E A N D J O H N N I E S H O W, Facebook.com slash Stephen Johnny Show. And we'd like you to like us, but when you get there, you can scroll down and we have all kinds of posts. And one of them was a post after one of our last shows where uh, Joey was just sitting there and staring at the computer screen as he was listening to the podcast. So He was entranced by everything that I had to say. You, on the other hand. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Because if you talk to him like Donald Duck, he's a happy, happy, happy boy. <laughs> um, again, you're welcome to text us at any time. I'm getting texts from people saying that they are Team 1 and the people who are Team 0. And I think Team 0 is winning out at this point. Yeah, yeah. Right-thinking Americans. And you don't have to get ugly about it, people. Really. When you text me and say things like, well, a child doesn't, their birthday doesn't start at, at zero. It starts at one. That's all I can say. <laughs> oh, it's <hurting> my head. <laughs> and a little later, I, w- I will share my news harangue. A yes. little, and it has nothing to do with politics, but that's coming up a little later. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. We want to uh, jump back with uh, David Jennings for a couple of seconds. Uh, David, it, it is just uh, not the end of the world, but some surprisingly nasty weather out in the western suburbs that's causing some serious traffic problems, right? Let's put it this way. You've heard of becoming the live entertainment? Well, if you're not careful tonight on the roads, you will be the live entertainment. Wow. Did you say a 12-car accident on I Eisenhower did. 290? That's inbound between Irving Park and Addison. The two right lanes are blocked. Could be up to 12 different vehicles involved. Oh, Actually, that would be inbound on the Kennedy, then, 94, if it's Irving Park and Addison. Okay. Yeah, Irving Park and Addison is where yeah. you get off to go to uh, Wrigley. and. Also on the Ike, uh, three left lanes are blocked. Yes. Outbound between York Road and Route 83. Uh, that's where we're that's getting... mixed in. That's we're... mixed in at York Road with another accident that's also blocking one of the left lanes. 
And the texters have been giving us feedback from the western suburbs. It started really out in Rockford. And then the Elgin people started checking in. Then all along the western suburbs, your your St. Charles, Geneva, uh, Aurora, Oswego checked in and said it was really snaky out there. So uh, we at, re- at this point, we've got icy conditions across McHenry, Kane, DeKalb counties, wow. a lot of the northwest and western suburbs. So if you think that because you have a four-wheel drive vehicle, you're immune, trust me, you are not. Just take it easy, yeah. slow down a little bit, take a little bit longer to get where you're going, but you'll get there and your vehicle in one piece. And all of this should be obvious, but sometimes the obvious saludes. <laughs> yes, so. especially on not. a holiday on. when you need to be there yesterday. Well, um, and the and the invention of all wheel drive has given people a, a lot of people a, a false sense of security. Yeah, it's like uh, no, because the same two wheels that are spinning <laughs> because it's icy. Well, now you're driving power to four wheels that are spinning, and you're getting no traction. You know, something we may do tomorrow night, because one of the people who will be joining us in the studio is going to be Tom Appel, the publisher of Consumer Guide. We may have him uh, spend a second or two and talk about, and I bet there are people listening to us right now that don't know what I'm going to say, the difference between steering out of an icy skid with front-wheel drive, or rear-wheel drive, mm-hmm. or all-wheel drive. I'm willing that, to bet each one's different. Yep, yeah, it is. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And here's how I deal with it. I just put my two hands together and pray. <laughs> I just said, yeah. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. Trust me. There was that time when I was on the 290, the Eisenhower Expressway, and I hit a patch of ice, and I literally remember seeing the faces of the drivers around me as I spun and spun. I took my hands off the wheel because I figured there's just no hope for me trying to fight it, which was probably what saved my life because I did not hit one car. And I ended up facing the wrong direction. Everybody stopped for me to turn around and go the westbound. Mm -hmm. But it was truly the scariest no, it was one of the scariest experiences oh, oh, I'm, ever. Oh, I'm sure your fellow past travelers were oh, yeah. th- were doing the same thing, clutching, yeah, yeah. The st- either clutching the steering wheel and going, "Oh Lord, get me yeah. through this, please." Because- one of the weirdest that I was ever in. This was years ago, and I was not driving. I was a passenger in the car in Indianapolis, coming down a hill. It was a an icy night like tonight. There was, at this intersection, a car had crashed into another car. The driver of uh, the car I was in put on his brakes. Nothing happened. We went into the car in front of us. Mm -hmm. And then I could see in the outside mirror the five cars in a row who came and went into us and then the car behind us and the car behind us. And And doesn't feel like slow motion? And it's just like nothing you you can do. Have you ever seen the YouTube video? Of, I think it was a city in Canada, but it's a hill. And it starts with uh, there's a public transit bus involved, but it's like all of them, oh, yes. all their wheels was, are locked. Yes. That was in and, Toronto. To, yeah. Was it and, Toronto? And everyone is just kind of like <laughs> sliding along, playing Sideways. bumper car. Yes, yes. Um, we used to live, and for anybody on the north side, if you know yep. Rogers Park, we lived on Pratt, 1900 Pratt. We lived just, at the alley. Just east of Ridge, Ridge. Road. 
and as you at, at Ridge and Pratt, there is a hill that comes down immediately east of Ridge Road. Well, right <laughs> after that alley where that that hill ends, that's where our apartment building was. Ouch! And we could sit in our window, which we did many many winter nights. Because and our our landlord wouldn't let uh, let us rent parking space, so we had to park out on the street. On the street. Oh no! So we sat in the yep. window and we watched the cars as they would come down, fishtail and smack the side of our car. Yep. We, oh, ouch. Said, oh, there's another one. And there's, there's another. another one. Oh, there's another one. Hey, they couldn't help but it. Yeah, they couldn't. You so, know, they're you know. So we just sat there and just watched our car being beaten around, <laughs> and we'd get out the next day and. I don't know that we ever had any serious damage. Um, no, I mean, it was, did that, you make the landlord at least chip in on the uh, car <laughs> no. insurance bill? No, no. We just you know we, we moved shortly we, after that. <laughs> yes, okay, yes. gotcha. <laughs> that was too much fun for one winter. We said no, enough of that. In fact, there were no garages that were available either. So right. part of the fun was, I think, the reason we moved. Uh, that was one of the many reasons we moved. Uh, but as I recall, it was a, an ever-changing neighborhood, and it was a, it was getting a little loud. Oh, that's right. We started working nights, yeah. and we couldn't sleep during the day because it was so much traffic on Pratt. All of it's coming back to me now, but that was like 25 years ago. And we said, you know, we've got to move to a quieter community yeah. <laughs> where we can sleep. Don't these people know we need to sleep during the day? Of course not. Come on. <laughs> Well, so so if you're out driving, yes. be careful. If if at some point you want to give us a call, or your passenger wants to give us a call, but keep your hands on the wheel yes. and just uh, take your time. And you know, well, if you're sitting in traffic, I, well, actually, I shouldn't say this because you really should never, ever, ever take your phone out. But if there's someone in your car that can send us a text right. and give us information, we would gladly take that information at 312-981-7200. We're going to check in with our showbiz machino, Gino, coming up. So stay with us at WGN. Showbiz train, baby, won't you climb on board? Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Boy, does that bring back a lot of memories. That's for people who would get up at 3.45 to start their day, and they would hear this once a week, and they knew the next thing they were going to hear was, Gino, Gino, Gino the, the showbiz, showbiz machino. Gino, oh, no, no. Yeah. I'm not going on until I hear the whole intro, the way Steve <laughs> used to do it. He forgot. I'm trying to. You. I'm he, trying to think of how I. He I, actually forgot the intro. How did I do it? It was something like your voice going, "Well." <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was yeah, his, well, it, it was. And then, his Mr. Ed voice. Oh, I'm trying to remember what I said. Uh, well, boys and girls. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, and I got to remember. I haven't done that in so many years. You're gonna have to send me the script, you know. That hurts. By the way, hmm. congratulations on having the voice of God doing news for you. Oh, how about it? Yeah. <laughs> what a voice. Yep. And you know what's funny? He's like four foot seven. And it seems so wrong that that voice should be coming out of his body. <laughs> now, Gino, how many years did we do a showbiz report? Oh, my God. At least 10. 
Oh, yeah. no. I, I said it was 17. You know, well, okay. <laughs> we should back up for a second for people who, who don't know. Yes. Uh, Gino is uh, Gino Salamone. He's with uh, WITI Fox 6 TV in Milwaukee, daily on the news at 4. And his interviews run on the Dish Network show, Hollywood One-on-One. And we first met Gino... Was it uh, when you brought some Mr. celebrities? Uh, it, it, it uh, was Mr. Ed. Yeah. Well, not no, Mr. No, Ed. I think it was Pumpkin Fest. Was no. It? Pumpkin Fest was the first time. Really? Yes. Jinx Finks. And, and then I brought some people in. And Are you sure you remember your first well, time? You Gina? forgot the intro. You forgot everything <laughs> about me. This, this is crushing. But we remembered your phone number. No, actually, we didn't even remember that. Um, <laughs> and and it, it's awful that I forgot, because as everybody knows, the show is so heavily scripted, I and I just forgot that page of the script. <laughs> That's okay. That's Do you remember okay. that there were, people, to to there were people that would say to us, could we get one of your scripts to auction off for our charity? Yeah. You're kidding. Oh, Oh, no. Seriously. Oh, at least a dozen times in our lifetime, there have been people that have contacted us and wanted to know if we could have an autographed copy of your script. (laughs) Now, the part I remember was you would say the big and the small, and then Johnny would go, small. (laughs) You're right. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm going to have to see if I can find one of those old air checks and, and write that down for the next time we have you on. Oh, that's right. Um, now, just to show you that there are people listening now that did hear you at 345 in the morning, here is a listener from a 708 area code who wants to know about your ear hair. How? <laughs> You realize there are a whole lot of people right now that they have enough reason to drive off the road with the ice. Really? Now we just gave them another air hair. Yeah. The hell! I actually remember that story, Gino. You were on a plane and didn't you yes. stretch your ear hair across the aisle and? Bl- <laughs> I didn't understand what would happen. I get on the plane completely manicured, and by the end of the flight, there would be a, a cable of ear hair coming off of one of my ears. Disgusting. And just something happened in the atmosphere that made your hair grow. I guess so. And you kept trying to braid it into a gift for Sandra Bullock. (laughs) No, I I told you at one time, a little girl picked it up and was jumping rope in the aisle at the airplane. (laughs) And speaking of Sandra Bullock, again, a person who knows you from 345 in the morning says, wasn't he married to Sandra Bullock? (laughs) You know, God bless that person for even, it's so far-fetched, but to even insinuate that it could have happened makes me incredibly happy. So for many, many years, Gino (laughs) tried to make us believe that he was engaged to Sandra Bullock. No, it's on tape. In fact, if I have to produce the tape, I will. She did accept. I put the ring on her finger, and she jumped on my lap and said she was ecstatic. Mm-hmm. And then they gave her medication. And then she sobered up. <laughs> I don't care. For those minutes, that's right. An and then Gino followed up on that when you brought your mother, quote unquote, Florence Henderson, onto the set yes. so that she could seal the deal, right? Well, if you go to YouTube and look up. Sandra Bullock and Gilbert Gottfried, you will see the tragic mistake when I was interviewing Sandra and Melissa McCarthy for The Heat. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, Melissa, I've been trying to tell her how I feel for all these years, and she never hears me. So I brought someone who she might hear. Oh. Oh. Well, 
I should have known better because, first of all, she loved Gilbert Gottfried, which is great. But he went way off script. <laughs> no. In a way that I still can't believe. <laughs> so, do you know, do you ever pinch yourself and say, wow, they pay me to do this? I still do every. Look, it's the greatest job. It and is. I've had so many amazing memories. I was looking back at just this year, in fact. You know, they sent me to Liverpool for the Yesterday movie. Yeah. You know, I always wanted to go, and I, I love the Beatles. It was just great to be able to to experience that. Oh, I guess, and uh, that that movie was was one of the real nice surprises uh, of the year for us. Yeah. I, I frankly, I really wasn't anticipating anything, and I came out thinking, "What a sweet movie!" Made I me really, feel good. really liked it. Yeah, it was a really good. Uh, it, yeah, you just felt good afterwards. But it also what made a great it, premise. It made us talk a lot. Remember, we were with um, Beatles fans, and we had yeah. a great dinner conversation afterwards over that movie. So, as you look back over 2019, you see all the movies, you go to all of the press junkets, you get to interview all the stars. Who, hands down, who is your favorite person to interview? Well, I think you just said it. How can it get any better than it does with Sandra Bullock? Still? I mean, she's fun, she's nice, she gives great answers. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. it's hard to top that. Okay, does Tommy Lee Jones still hold the record for being the worst interview? <laughs> yes. For me and for everybody else that does this. But you were always uh, terrified. You that, yeah, LA Magazine did a cover story one time, and it was 100 Things to Fear in Los Angeles. And <laughs> Number one was earthquake. Number two was mudslides. Number seven was Tommy Lee Jones at a press junket. And I'm not kidding. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm not surprised. And there were times when Gina would join us and say, I'm going to L.A. I have to interview Tommy Lee Jones. I am absolutely <laughs> terrified. It's going to be worse than it was the last time I interviewed him. Well, and- he gave me a catchphrase in Milwaukee. People that don't even know me come up to me and they just look at me and go, and? Because <laughs> I asked him a question and he responded and said, and? And I didn't say anything. And then he said, and a second time, what? and I wanted to say what I really thought of him, but and? I held on. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Wow. <laughs> so uh, who, yeah. are, who are the new kids out there, though, that you've interviewed, and you said, wow, we're going to be hearing a lot from this one in, you know, five years, ten years, whatever. Well, i got to say, this year I've been impressed more with the old guard, and uh, I want to start with the Irishman, the Netflix uh, movie. Did you guys make it through it? No, I didn't have any interest. I, I, I'm sorry. I, it's I'm, three and a half hours, and somebody steals that movie that was, to me, completely unlikely. And that was Joe Pesci. That's interesting. I thought I was going to I was going to say to you, I might see the movie just based on Joe Pesci's acting in the movie. Yes, because when Martin Scorsese approached him about doing this, he said, no, he was in retirement. And he said, no, I don't want we've done this already. Mm-hmm. Well, this character is so unlike anything that Joe Pesci has done. It's unbelievable. So I, I would recommend seeing it just just for his performance. But, you know, everyone else is great in it, too. But hasn't it been done before? Didn't you find yourself after an hour and a half going, yeah, OK, I'm an Italian no. guy. This has been done before. Maybe it's because I'm an Italian guy. <laughs> I enjoy seeing it so much. More, no, more. A talent that is, that is younger uh, and is behind the scenes is Greta Gerwig, who we've seen, you know, as, a, as an actress before. 
But what she did with Little Women, I thought was incredible. She just really? did an amazing. Yes, wrote the script and you know really, really did a great job. I th- I think it's in my top ten. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to hear that because I just read a Variety article about why Little Women is not getting attention and won't get attention because uh, guys don't like movies that are about women and by women. And I thought yeah, blah, blah, that's, blah, blah, that's blah. kind of a broad brush to paint with. And that, and that that takes me back, and I've told this story before, but that kind of prejudice takes me back to my first job in radio when I was told. You cannot, you will not play more than one female vocal in an hour because the wow. audience won't stand for it. Thought, wow. The hell? And yeah. then, ten years after that, when I got into radio, we were told that we could not play them back-to-back because radios will turn off if you play a Barbara Streisand and an Olivia Newton-John yes. back-to-back. Wow. Yeah, Really? That was now, it. Did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yes. Yes. And I loved it. Really, I really. Enjoy- Go ahead. I, I really enjoyed it. it. It led us into a conversation about projecting what probably happened, happened. after the final scene there. Oh, but I tell well, you, Brad Pitt, you cannot take your eyes off him in yeah. that movie. When he's wearing those white jeans and that white jean jacket, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I think well, let's he, also talk about that young girl, though. Julia oh, never Butters, mind. Who had that scene? She's yes. wonderful. <laughs> Unbelievably good. And yes. then there's a a man who lives in Wisconsin, uh, Mike Mull, who plays Bruce Lee. He, mm-hmm. he and his wife live here by choice. They live outside of Madison because they wanted to raise their family here. I thought he was incredible, although Bruce Lee's uh, daughter, not happy about That's it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, oh, Johnny, help me. I, I have a uh, brain fade. What was the the article I told you about within the past two weeks? It was an album that I got, and it was referring to the guy who was the stuntman, who actually, this was based on his, his life, life, but he was a friend of, oh, I don't know. who's, oh, darn. Right. But Tarantino's mind, he probably came across this album because the way he his mind works. And I, frankly, take away my American Girl card if you want. I don't like Tarantino movies. I absolutely loved this movie. Yeah. Well, let's just talk even about the look of it. How yes. he, it felt like the 19th, you know, the 1960s. Yeah. And how the radio station, KHJ, became a, a character, character in, in the, the movie. movie. Yeah. Yes. And they were using... If if you go to his theater, Quentin Tarantino has a theater in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And I went to see it again uh, at his theater. He had KHJ air checks playing before and after the movie, which was incredible. And then he he showed some scenes uh, that did not make it, including the hullabaloo scene that was in the trailer of Leo DiCaprio uh, singing and dancing that mm. I thought was incredible. That's why what, the DVD is out. I believe that's in there. You oh. have to see it because it felt like you were watching Hullabaloo. <laughs> I loved Hullabaloo. <laughs> because Bobby Sherman was on Hullabaloo. That's why I loved no, it. No, Bobby Sherman was on... Uh, Please. Uh, he was uh, Shindig. <laughs> he was one of the uh, part of the Shindogs. Okay, which now, in, I heard you guys arguing about the decade. Now, if you start with the Smokey the Bear stuff again, 
I'm losing. And the Shin Dogs included people like the Righteous Brothers. Oh, hush. And uh, it, it was just, it was very cool, but it was, it was shindig. Oh, um, yeah. It was a singing show. And it's Smokey Bear. The Bear. <laughs> Gino Salamone is with us talking showbiz with the Machino, so stay with us on WGN. Showbiz train. Boys and girls, once again, it's time for us to take a look at the lives of those who inhabit the big and small screens and find out just how big or small they really are. And here with the pertinent poop is the pertinent poopmeister, his own bad self, Gino, 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 Gino the, the showbiz, showbiz machino. machino. <laughs> <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> I, I think he hurt himself during the break. He was he was thinking so hard. He pulled a muscle, and I, I didn't look anything up. I, I don't think I got it exact, but that's that pretty good. Close enough for jazz. That was it. And so that was three forty-five in the morning as Gino would get up to head into makeup for his morning show. And again, yeah. for those of you just joining us, uh, where you been? Uh, and we should explain that uh, Gino Salomon is with WITI Fox 6 TV in Milwaukee daily on the news at 4, and his interviews run on the Dish Network show Hollywood One on One. One of my favorite things that you have done over the years, Gino, is you talk to some of the old timers, whether it's yeah. uh, uh, you know Dom DeLuise or, or Carl Reiner or, more recently, Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He seems I like... Was able to- spend the day with him uh, the afternoon at his house and it was such a treat now remember he's 93 or 94 now and he looks so good oh he he came in walked into the room with no shoes or socks and was dancing that's that's what he does and i thought okay maybe i'm talking to him too long i tried to end it and he said no, I love it. He said, we're talking about my favorite subject, me. Oh. <laughs> and the recall, I mean, it's amazing. Now, let's also say his wife is in her 40s. So, really? And right now yeah. I'm hearing Bob Collins saying, <laughs> if, if she, she dies, dies, she dies. dies. <laughs> <laughs> well, they sometimes hang out with Peter Marshall, and it's the same situation. Peter Marshall is in his 90s, and his wife is in her, her 40s. What? Yes. Okay. Okay, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, really? <laughs> leave it alone, guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, and I have to tell you that we didn't speak. I had a favorite musical artist from the 70s mm-hmm. who had never been to the U.S. since the 70s and was in New York for one date, and I decided I was going to go, and I got a chance to spend some time with him. Ooh. He was not a one-hit wonder. But he had several hits. Yeah. One probably called one of the most depressing songs of all time. Can you guess who I'm talking Gilbert about? Gilbert O'Sullivan. Exactly right. You're Alone kidding. again, naturally. You are kidding me. Because no. that is truly the most depressing song ever in pop music. And it's one of those <laughs> classic cases of if you don't listen to the lyrics and you just listen to the melody and the you arrangement, you think, oh, oh, what a fun yeah. little bouncy right. song. Oh. But in a little while from now, <laughs> throw I myself, myself up. to treat myself and visit a nearby tower. <laughs> oh. yeah. I'm climbing to the top to throw myself off. 
Yeah, that's pretty depressing. So you really, really loved him in the 70s and went to... I did. Remember the song Claire? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, There was another one, uh, Get Down, which was also a hit. Which is all... That was kind of a fun song. It it was very un-Gilbert O'Sullivan-y, but it was Well, he had a great voice. I mean, uh, yeah, um, but it's hard to get over the depression. So what was he... Well, I will tell you that he is coming to Chicago April 19th, and I'm going again because the show was so great, and he has a new album, very Paul McCartney-like in the songs he writes. And he sounds fantastic. He looks the same. It's really, really incredible. Would he be in now, his... Do I have to buy tickets for us? <laughs> <laughs> would he be in his 60s, uh, 70s? or? Would I he... would guess 70s. Wow. So and he's he... just a yeah. kid. And he's still got the voice. and Yes, he does. And he still has that hair. Remember how big the hair yes, was? Yes, yes. <laughs> was there a good crowd of people there? It was sold out. You're kidding. And where is he going to be no. when he comes to Chicago? The City Winery. Oh. We love the City Winery. Yes. I know. I know. We- now, I, now, all you people out there, don't rush and get tickets. We need to get tickets first. <laughs> right. You know, I just realized you've got a, a thing for Gilbert's, don't you? Oh, you know what? Gilbert that Godfrey. Get- really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, just- I also booked the guest and for we've Gilbert never- Godfrey. And we've never seen them in the same place no, at the have. same time. Hmm. I just clicked on Gilbert O'Sullivan. Man, does he ever have the hair. Yes, yes. And I want to tell you another thing that happened in Chicago hmm. this past year that I look back with great affection. Do, do you know who Phil Rosenthal is? Of course. Yeah. Not, not the writer. Oh. The, the guy who did Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. He also has two shows on Netflix. Every uh, somebody feed Phil, and I'll have what Phil's having. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he taped an episode in Chicago, and Julia Sweeney was nice enough to invite me. And so, when that episode airs, you will see us. We got hot dogs all over the city. How <laughs> many places did you go to? I think we went to three, maybe four. I'm just uh, the. the uh, uh... Superdog? We did not go to Superdog. Oh, you didn't go to Superdog? It's an yeah. incomplete piece, then. <laughs> so, Chino, is, is, is Julia Sweeney in the the series as well? Well, no. It, the series is he goes to different cities and he eats. And so, because oh. she lived in Chicago, he... He hooked up her with her. Oh, I see. Right. I see. Right. But she's having an amazing year, too, by yes. the way. Yes, yes. And we all always have loved Julia Sweeney, and you were kind enough to bring her into the studio mm-hmm. for us to visit with right. her one night. Um, what's her latest project? Okay, she's in a show right now called Work in Progress that's on Showtime, shot completely in Chicago. Hmm. And it's, she, she left the business and raised her daughter with her husband in Chicago and then decided she wanted to go back to show business. So they moved back to L.A. She thought she wouldn't work. She's on three series. Oh, my gosh. Uh, She's also A.D. Bryant's mother on Shrill, uh, which airs on Hulu. We don't do Hulu, but uh, I would would just to see Julia Swing. And A.D. Bryant, Chicago's A.D. Bryant, because she's so good in that series. You mentioned Hulu. Is that one of the showbiz stories of the year? 
how the playing field has really been leveled with Hulu, Netflix, Apple and, TV. And, and Apple TV, uh, producing great, not only right. uh, series, right. but movies. Well, and movies now that are in, contentions for, in contention for Oscars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, have you watched Marriage Story? No, but I've been warned it's not the easiest thing in the world to watch. No. It's like you're peeking no. in on an actual marriage. It's really yeah. intense. And Adam Driver was incredible. Then the two pulps they have on Netflix um, with Anthony Hopkins. Have you seen that one? No. No, but no. heard a lot you of good things about it. Yeah. Yes. You will enjoy that. And, of course, they financed and show, uh, they have the Irishman. So, mm-hmm. yes, oh, that's for the right. first time, yeah. they're like the leading player right now in, in Hollywood. And I've got to tell you, the amount of press junkets that they're doing is, is really staggering, like more than probably all the other studios put together. And that costs money, so that means they're yeah. making money, to, or at least they realize they have to do this to get their name out there and to win the awards, and that it becomes right. a domino effect. Well, what, what kind of an impact is that having on Hollywood? And, and here's what I mean by that. On one hand, for the actors and actresses, it's it's another area for them to apply their trade. But right. how much are the traditional major studios reacting to this kind of stuff? Oh, they first of all, in the whole competing for awards, Netflix flew people in just for parties to you know lobby for votes. Hmm. And the studios don't do that, and they just don't feel like they could compete with them. And, like, The Irishman could not be made. Scorsese tried to make it. The budget was so big, and to do a movie that's three hours and 30 minutes long, everyone else said no, and Netflix said sure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is good for filmmakers because it is a place where it seems like money is no object if you've got something worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Do you think Apple TV is going to be a real contender, too? I know the Jennifer Aniston... Uh, Reese Witherspoon show, yeah. yes, the morning show. It, it got a lot of, of, of press, but I'm just wondering what else is to come from Apple TV. Well, that's the, here's the problem. There are so many streaming services that are going to launch. Yeah. The word is is that Apple TV and, and a couple others might get swallowed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone may buy them. Choices. So many choices. Not enough hours in the day. I want you to... Not uh, enough hours in the day. And, <laughs> and, you know, I'll tell you something. My cable bill is $200 a month with just HBO and Showtime. And I have never heard of more people cutting the cord yes. and yep. just doing, doing things piecemeal to get what they want. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, if you can, hold on for a couple of seconds. want to come back and I, I want to... Uh, remember Jennifer Aniston. I want to come back to that okay. in just a couple of seconds. But stay with us on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Time for a few more minutes with uh, Gino. Gino, the showbiz machino. And again, remember you can see Gino in Milwaukee. WITI Fox 6 TV. Milwaukee uh, Daily on the News at 4. And his interviews run on the Dish Network show, Hollywood One-on-One. So I said, let's come back to Jennifer Aniston. Yes. Why on earth did she have any any work done on her face? She did, she didn't need it at all, and it is so noticeable that now she decided to do it. Why? What the? I know. 
Her mouth is completely misshapen now. It's to me, it's tragic, but it, again, it speaks to the problem in Hollywood. Women are not allowed to age. They don't yeah. feel they're allowed to age. Men can age and continue to work. Uh, I hate that. It's, I know. I know. And, and men and can right. age and continue to work and get 40-year-old women when they're in their 90s. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with this picture? Yep. Hey, I, I'm not seeing any age difference, but look what Steve got. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I, I love this couple. <laughs> well, no, but it was, Steve, when I saw that at one, maybe a movie or two ago, I noticed her mouth and it just, it was so sad. And her very just, best friend, Courtney Cox, had already been down that road yeah. and changed her beautiful face. And you'd think she'd right. look at her and say, uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm not going to go there. And and there well, are examples. Uh, and I'm, I, I, I'm trying to think. Of, who is it? Dame, uh, what's her face? Who's never Judy had. Judy Dench? Yeah. Oh, has, and Helen Mirren. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, you yeah. talk about aging gracefully. Meryl and, Streep. And sexily. Uh, sexily? Sexily. Okay. Yes. Uh, but but good for them. They've never yeah, had any right. facial surgery, and yeah. the, and they're, they're wonderful at what they do. And they still work. Eva Marie yeah. Saint is in her nineties, and I got <gasps> to interview her a couple yes. years ago. Spectacular. Well, you she know, just looks like a real human being. Do you think Rita Moreno has had work? Because she I is, do. she's stunning. She really. Is. I know. But and part of it is so that talented. Yep, you know, that fabulous body too. She's got going on. It's like. Well, you're wearing an oh, outfit that you noticed. wore in the 40s? Come on, woman. <laughs> and I wanted to say something. Because I knew I was going to be talking to you, mm-hmm. I had not gone to see it, and I thought it might come up. You mentioned Judy Dench. I yes. went to see Cats. <gasps> you did? I'm sorry. I was yeah. going to say, what's your take? Are you Team Cats or not so much? Is it a dog? I'm calling, I'm calling up the great Gene Shallot, who's still alive, how he would have reviewed this. Yeah. Cats is me ow. <laughs> well, I loved what Michael. I loved what Michael Phillips wrote about it. Uh, it was a uh, cats. It's a dog. Uh, possibly the worst movie of the year, and it gave it zero stars. Strong message to follow. Right. Okay. First of all, it was not a great Broadway show to begin with. No, Thank you. I agree. Show. Yes. So you put that, and then the effects, and it just. People look strange and bizarre, and I love Judy Dench, but she looks like Burt Lahr. In the <laughs> 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 I, not <laughs> okay, and then there's a scene, and I, I, I some of the cats wear coats, mm-hmm. some might wear a pair of pants. I've been to that party. Reclined in a cat bed. Without anything on, and it made me uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yeah. And you've got all these stars, so the cost of this movie is mind-boggling. Well, and they've already given up. Universal's already ready to pull it from the theaters, and they're not doing anything trying to get it any awards because it's not going to get any. But, but just, wait, wait, wait. I predict that in very short time, it's going to become kitschy. It's going to become oh, yeah. kind of, uh, uh, you know, maybe they'll figure out a way to do a sing-along with cats. And yeah. People will dress up in outfits, and I, I think that may happen. It, 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 was, it, it will tough. become the, uh, the the new Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, bite your tongue. That was a classic. <laughs> That's not so much. Okay, it looks like Cats cost $100 million to produce. 
And it yeah. set Universal back an additional $95 million for global marketing and distribution? Well, that's well, insane. Here's the other thing. Yeah, here's the other thing. It wasn't done. When they showed it to critics in London, <gasps> it was not finished. So, And then they sent prints out the first week where you could see the person's hands or a wedding ring. What? And then they sent out a fixed print a week later to theaters. Mm. Okay, whatever happens to them, they're to blame because yeah. that's just stupid. Right. That well, is you remember just... that when you had a, a, an assignment at school, you got it done. Yep, <laughs> they had an assignment. They had a date firmly, and they could not get it done in time. Wow, that is yeah. weird. So, what were your your favorite hands down when you look back on 2019? Your favorite movies? Okay, I, I've already said Once Upon a Time in Hollywood right. and The Irishman, Marriage. Uh, I was shocked and impressed by Aquafina in The Farewell, which is a really nice movie uh, about a girl going back to China because her grandmother is dying. Oh, right. yeah. 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 We, I want to see that. Yeah, we never get to see it. I thought it was great. You, you went um, in, you went into digital hell for a second. We got we never get the which is we have not been able to see her act like this before, mm-hmm. and it was really really great to see that. But sadly, we blinked and it was gone. So you have to yeah. see it on yeah. demand or just wait till it's available. Because Aquafina right. was did the talk show circuit, and I thought she was delightful. She yeah. sold me on the movie. I thought it was a great idea, and every clip that I saw I thought was delightful, and then it wasn't available. Can I throw a documentary at you that sure. I really sure. Apollo 11. Now, do you know the story of this? No. Some, they, they had documentary crews documenting the whole Apollo 11 journey now i thought we'd seen everything but there were these canisters of film that were found and they are in such pristine shape oh i did hear about this yes yeah it's it's just really an incredible story you know we know what happened and it takes you back to that time but it was just incredible to see things that i had never seen before Mm -hmm. i was really impressed uh the movie 1917 which i believe opens the 10th everywhere this is a crafty, I, it, it amazes me how they did it. It looks like one continuous shot hmm. of these two soldiers who have to go through um, the most dangerous territory to get a message to the British troops to save them from being massacred. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the camera never stops. Like hmm. it, it follows them the entire way. How, how they did it was incredible. Now, one that I'm sure you would like, and maybe you did see, did you see Ford versus Ferrari? No, no, we haven't. But I've heard a lot of good things about it. I loved it, and I, I you know, your car people to begin with, you, you're really going to enjoy that movie. Hmm. What yeah. did you think of the Joker? Where did you fall on that one? I was so nervous that opening week because I was convinced something bad was going to happen. Yeah, this is not a superhero movie. This is not a cartoon movie. This is a story of a mentally ill man. Yeah, and. I really feared something was going to happen. I'm very happy nothing did. And I think it's going to be really hard to beat Joaquin Phoenix. You know, Eddie Murphy's making the rounds, and they're they're working on, you know, getting him a nomination, which I, I'm sure he'll get, but I don't think anyone is going to beat Joaquin Phoenix. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I'm thinking my money's on Dolomite, the Eddie Murphy character, because everyone that's seen it has just said. Yeah. In fact, we have a friend who is a manager of musical acts, and she said, I'm going to require my 
talent to watch this movie because there's so much to be learned about basically presenting yourself to the public and, you know, just going for it. Mm-hmm. Perseverance. That's right. Yeah, exactly. You never gave up. Never gave up. I have to read this text from a 312 area code. Now, Gino, you've tuned in. You've heard Team 1 and Team 0. When does the decade end? So the listener writes, love you, Johnny, but I believe only Team 1 people believe that cats will live on as a possible (laughs) sing-along. Yep. Thank you. Absolutely right. That is great. <laughs> so I guess when I said in our lifetime it will become <laughs> a cultural phenomenon, this person went, What? Right. I'm gonna go with that. It's never gonna be a hit in nine lifetimes. Oh, me. that's a good line. That's really good. Oh gosh. I loved Captain Marvel this year because of yeah. who I'm married to. We we go to all of the superhero movies. That may have been one of my favorites. And I honestly I as much as I love superheroes, I was a little apprehensive about that, but I thought it was a wonderful movie. Yeah. I was really I impressed. Too. Yeah, there was a lot of good stuff. Uh, But again, I go back to the business of there's so many choices and so little time to catch all of these things. And, uh, you know, again, Gino, you get paid to watch these movies. Sometimes it's not easy because some of this stuff is just dreck, I'm sure. Right. And, you know, I I walked out of a movie once, a Richard Gere, Winona Ryder movie, Autumn in New York. Yes. And a woman Mm -hmm. wrote me a letter and she said, it is your job to stay through Yep. the movie, and she was absolutely right. So I've never walked out of one again, but it was tough during Cats. <laughs> I, I I said to Stephen, we, he wanted to walk out of Natural Born Killers. I said, we can't talk about it unless you stick it out. And Natural Born right. Killers was a case of a movie that I knew, literally, the first 10 minutes into it, I knew I was going to hate this piece of dreck, and right. by the time we sat yeah. through whatever it was, the two hours, I was correct in my initial assessment. And can I just well, say that I hope in 2020 that we see a little less of Woody Harrelson. I think he's a fine actor, but I'm just sick of Woody Harrelson. Right, right. Well, did you see Midway? No. Okay. Have you seen him on Saturday Night Live? Yes, Night Live? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In Midway, I think he had the same teeth. I'm not kidding <laughs> It was distracting. And I, I interviewed Roland Emmerich. They flew us to Hawaii to talk about that movie. Now, oh you would gosh. think if if a, a critic's going to be swayed, it's a trip to Hawaii. No, it did not sway me. The director, Roland Emmerich, said, I knew I needed somebody to, to be the captain of this movie, to be the star of this movie. And I chose Woody Harrelson. And I wanted to go, really? really? <laughs> that was your choice. Oh, Again, Gino. Gino, if we don't. But, uh, I, I don't know if I put him to lead my troops. <laughs> this has been fun, but if we don't uh, wrap this up, they won't let us come back. Okay. Well, it was great so, to talk to you. Thank it's you. always wonderful you to talk too. to you, Gino. Always. And Happy New Year. And I hope that we can be at the same place at the same time next year. That would be great. Thank you, thank Gino. You. Take thank care, you, honey. Gino. Bye-bye. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. In a couple minutes, we're going to segue out to the left coast and check in with our longtime Cyber Squad chief, Patrick Crispin, but uh, we wanted to take a couple minutes again, and I know we're kind of stating the obvious, David, but uh, we continue to have some horrible traffic problems, uh, don't we, particularly out in the western suburbs. McHenry, Kane, and DeKalb counties, It is that has not changed, and that is expected to remain the case, um, well, until all this stuff stops falling, which yeah. is probably not going to be before daybreak. 
And I'm looking out the window here on the 18th floor, my window to the world, and it looks like it's a different world. Um, We don't seem to have any drizzle. The roads seem to be okay. I'm seeing traffic is moving right along. But the the feedback that we're getting from listeners is say, I just got home, and it was a nightmare. I had no idea it was this bad. I guess if there is any good news to this, it's that this is not New Year's Eve. Yeah. Indeed. Right, right. But yeah, if 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 you're out, if you're heading out toward the western suburbs to the northwest suburbs, um, be warned. It is not like driving along the lakefront. It's inland. It is colder, and whatever is on the ground now is probably free, frozen over. Right. So you you might want to just ease up off that gas pedal just a little bit. And and touch that brake pedal very, very gently. If you're going to O'Hare to pick someone up, you might check in advance because there are places yeah. like Minnesota. Right, Curtis? In fact, Curtis, <laughs> uh, do, do we have an update on, uh, on the Minnesota? Tom Hush is yeah, in so Minnesota. Tom, Tom is stuck in Minnesota, so yours truly will be here until 4 a.m. All right, even, oh, even, even, even though O'Hare is only has, has delays of 15 minutes or less on arrivals, 15 minutes or less on departures, and the only place where that shows that they're having any issues with travel uh, it's for people who are heading out to Newark International Airport. And that's like a two-and-a-half-hour delay right now. Yeah. But now, Tom, the producer of the all-night show, the Nick DiGilio show, Tom was due to fly in here at 7.15 today, yeah, his, right? yeah, his flight was scheduled to leave at about 7.15. He'd be here around 9 or 10 o'clock. And he gave me a heads-up saying that there's snow all day there. And uh, I was actually watching the, the the tracker of his flight right. from his delay to, just to kind of get an idea if I was going to be here. Has it and, moved? Oh, yeah. It went from 845 to 955 to 1040 and now 1130. And then he just texted me a few minutes ago saying it looks like he's stuck there and for an extra day. He's just sitting in the airport then. Right? Yeah, he's been sitting in the airport probably right. since about uh, 5 o'clock or That's so. That's what I hate. Mm-hmm. And now it's, the flight tracker is saying maybe next Thursday. Or maybe, you know, in the, in the, in the new decade, Steve. Yes. <laughs> right? I've decided... <laughs> I'm tired of being an outcast. I'm I'm along with the, the rest of you that the decade starts tomorrow, tomorrow night at midnight. Yeah. Um, the weren't the Bears in yeah the Bears were in Minnesota on Sunday, so they got yeah. out of town because the weather was pretty decent. It was just cold. But yeah. and I've got family out in Colorado that had planned on driving this way for a couple of days and they, <laughs> they that's exactly what they said. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't gonna happen. So not so much. What are they what do they get? Two feet? Yeah. Yeah. Actually um they got to the bathroom because everybody in the family has the stomach flu. That's <laughs> about oh, as far as they no. got. Yes. There's a lot of that going on, too. And the people who are reporting on Facebook that they've been sick for the past few days say, I have never been this sick in my yeah. life. I like it's just an what, evil what, bug. What did, what did they eat? So I know what to avoid. No, it's a flu bug. It's just, oh, yeah. yeah. And, um, and again, I'll, I'll state the obvious. Wash, Wash your, your hands, hands many, in, many in times. hot, hot water. Yeah, many, many times. Wow. Well, David, you be careful, and um, you're welcome to hang out with us on New Year's Eve. You know how that goes. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll be here tomorrow, same shift. I'll be right here. 
But you won't be staying into the wee hours with mm, us. Probably not, because <laughs> I have to come in earlier than normal on New Year's Day. Well, and Roger Baddish always says, please, please, throw me into that briar patch. I want to work all <laughs> night long on New Year's Eve. So he will be with us tomorrow night. Excellent. In fact, we should do a, uh, a blatant plug. I'm turning on the blatant plug light uh, to remind you of a couple things. One of them being that Tuesday, the 31th, of 2019 from 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. or actually from whenever the Hawks game is over Mm -hmm. and we will probably get it a little bit before midnight in time for the uh, midnight countdown from Navy Pier. It is the 25th anniversary broadcast of our cheap date Life After Dark New Year's Eve extravaganza. Do you realize that we've been doing that longer than our producer had been on the face of the earth? She will. She will look at us like you're right. Really, twenty five years. Yeah, Just Rains is going to be uh, producing tomorrow night, but we're going to have a lot going on tomorrow night. A, we will have countdowns from every single time zone. So if you fall asleep, you miss a countdown, uh, just. Turn us on at the top of the hour. We'll have a countdown from a different time zone. We're going to be doing things like um, in Prescott, Arizona, there is a boot drop. Mm -hmm. That sounds strange, but there are thousands of people who gather for this boot drop in Prescott, Arizona. We're also going to be checking in with, uh, I forget the name of the hotel, but it's in Maui, Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And they've got uh, thousands of people, and uh, specifically, they have a very special event that is going on with our friend Tommy Emanuel, and Muriel Anderson's going to be there, and we will hear the countdown from Leilani, Hawaii. Hotel Leilani. uh, Didn't we still work with the Leilani? We did. Yes. She was an engineer. She was. She was the radio station. Yes. So that's a hotel that we will go to at uh, 4 o'clock in the morning is the the time difference so that would be their midnight and our 4 a.m so we're going to be all over the place with lots of uh, wonderful live music in studio we'll have uh corky siegel is going to join us after evanston first night ronnie rice will be here the uh river road trio empty pockets uh, and uh cindy friedman, cindy friedman with musical, predictions the musical mentalist will be here to entertain and freak you out because he does that every year but just for a second i want to jump to the calls and taxi drivey, driver Bob, uh, where are you at, Bob, and what are you seeing? I'm in, uh, I'm, I'm working myself down Dunster Street. I'm in Niles right now. And actually, the roads are not that bad here. I was going through Chicago, and the roads were worse on the northwest side of the city than normally. I don't take anybody from O'Hare to Skokie, but I ended up getting somebody there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was actually, the roads were worse in, in Skokie and, and like that. But uh, did, one, did one New Year's. There was some kind of uh, food disaster or something where somebody dropped a cake or uh, something or other. I forget. On our show? Oh, yes, yes, yes. In in fact, as a matter of fact, we mentioned Ronnie Rice, and I will never forget that night because this is where Ronnie said the uh, he called it the the 30 second rule was in effect. Yes, because we had a big sheet cake that was decorated and we held it up for picture purposes. And of course, you have that perfect tilt where it just slid in slow motion. 
and it hit the floor, and Ronnie just grabbed his plate and just filled it full. He said, you know, in this case, 30-second rule. It's still clean in my world. Fresh strawberries, fresh whipped cream. It was really, it was sad, but it was wonderful. His personality, I think only only that, only the time that it happened would be Ronnie Rice would be involved. Yes, this is true. Yes. But, uh, you know, they... The, the people here in Illinois, I was talking to somebody about this. You know how in, in New York and Times Square, the apple drops are New right. Year's? Yeah. And being that uh, Illinois, that marijuana is becoming legal as of January. <laughs> yeah. We should have a big marijuana bud dropping, <laughs> dropping down at midnight and have all the people that are selling pot go over there and have to... Big smoke out over there, you know. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't. Like d- I never inhaled any of that stuff. Uh huh. I don't doubt that that that's not happening somewhere in Illinois tomorrow. <laughs> hey, Bob, be very careful out there. It's nice to hear from you too. Thank you, and happy New Year. We're going to talk with uh, computers with Patrick Crispin. Stay with us at WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. We're going to get out a little bit of computer love now. <laughs> That's some craft work. Every Wednesday night we would talk about computers and we would remind you that there is no such thing as, as a, a dumb, dumb computer, computer question. question. We, we actually grew up with computers in that we started talking about computers when we had um, a boss that said, no one cares about computers. Why are you wasting time talking about them? And the show went from an hour to two hours to three hours and became yep. one of, if not the most popular feature that we did on our show. And one of the wonderful things about it is because that it had cross demographics. Yes. Yeah. It we was from go 90 years old to, to 15 th- yeah. years old. And that was the cool thing is we would go to a call and there would be a, a, a kid listening saying, oh, you know, I'm really excited about whatever it is. And then the next caller would be, I really want to know how to use this computer so that I can use it to its fullest and not turn it into a doorstop like you guys did. <laughs> yeah, we really did. And the man who joined us for many, many years and became our Cyber Squad chief is now the Director of Educational Technology and Assistant Professor of Clinical Medical Education at the Keck School of Medicine of USC. That would be your Dr. Patrick Crispin. Hey, Patrick. Woohoo! How are, how are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm so glad you woohooed me. <laughs> well, we, we, are, we are doing well, but first things first, are you Team Zero or are you Team One? I'm Team Zero. Yes! <laughs> Yes. However, However, to make it even more confusing, yes. it's already the year 2020 in the ISO week date system. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Today, today is the first day of 2020 in ISO. <laughs> now, okay. Now, is that where you had, uh, Johnny had been looking up to see? So where, where would it be 2020 first? And, and I said, should we call? And there was nobody to call. So... Um, <laughs> Well, if you're if you're in finance, you you use a calendar system that doesn't follow the Gregorian calendar. You do you do it where it's week, date, month, um, and so this is this is a start of week zero one 
day one of the year 2020 if you're in finance. Oh, okay. And you're doing that just Which to be ornery? Just, just to be ornery. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. Well, you know this. Uh, no, I, I'm I'm flashing back to when you were with us in studio on those years when we would stand there and we'd get excited because a digital clock would line up one, two, three, four, five. Remember? And we have we have pictures of Patrick standing by the digital clock when it was oh one oh one oh one oh one. Remember, and we were like, "Oh, this is so cool!" And we didn't even have Facebook to post those pictures on back in the day. By the so, way, I, I have to interrupt uh, all this to say, "Hi, Joey." I'm out, Joey. <laughs> He's been listening, too. He's listening in the background, so we have to see how long the delay is going to be. Oh, oh good. Okay. good. Um, a listener said, the, I think it was Friday night when we were on the radio, texted and said, Would, why aren't we having the same reaction to all computers flipping over to 2020 as we did during Y2K when we flipped over to 2000? And I thought, that well, that's a fair question. Of course, we've learned a lot in the past 20 years. But was there any concern about us not being able to keep up with this flip over? No, because remember, when we were going from 1999 to 2000, computers at the time really only had two digits for the year. So the numbers were going to be changing from 99 to 00. And there was real real concern about, okay, what does that mean? Is it going to say, okay, well, it's now the year 1900. I don't have to pay your payroll for another 100 years. Uh, (laughs) I just shut down. So what ended up happening was... We spent, as a country, probably a, between 200 and $800 billion rewriting all these computer programs so that we wouldn't have any problems on, on you know, at, at midnight on, mm-hmm. on, on New Year's and year 2000. So, you know, I remember being in the studio and we had oh, our, yeah. mm-hmm. our prepper kits and we were, we were concerned that the world was going to end. And well, remember, we had, went home. we had extra security. <laughs> they gave us a fanny pack. And in that fanny pack, we had a small bottle of water, a, a yep. bag of M&Ms, a glow stick. And that was supposed <laughs> to get us through the night if, if everything just came crashing down. And we were all a little nervous because we thought, well, wait a minute, this radio station will stay on the air because we had engineers at, at the satellite. Literally, they were at the transmitter. Ready to, to you right. know, kick in the transmitter in case things went south. And we thought, well, we're supposed to tell people what to do, and we have no clue. <laughs> and it was a really weird night. So I'm glad we won't have to deal with that. But tonight we did want well, to spend... Well, not until 2038. Oh, thank you. Okay. Tonight we want to spend a little bit of time and uh, talk about, I love, this was Patrick's idea, New Year's tech resolutions. So what things should we be aware of as the new year is starting? I would actually make it a New Year's resolution to go through your home and replace all your surge suppressors. Here's the reason why. We all kind of believe that these surge suppressors last forever, but they don't. There's a component in it called the MOV. It's the metal oxide varistor. And what it does is it sort of stands in the way of the electricity coming into your system. And as it gets hit and hit and hit, it ends up wearing out. And what ends up happening is on these cheap surge suppressors that might last only two or three years before the MOB is completely used up and is no longer blocking surges, you, you just turn your, your surge suppressor into a glorified light strip 
that offers absolutely no protection whatsoever. So that component degrades. You can't can't deal with it. It's measured in joules, and and once once it it takes as much damage as it can take, it just stops, stops. protecting you. What's that? Oh, I'm just saying it just stops. It just it, it, there's there's no saving at that point. There's no saving it. You got to go get a new one. Now, the more expensive surge suppressors uh, by companies like APC and by Triplight, that's a Chicago company who I absolutely adore, um, they actually have surge suppressors that will stop working when the MOV is used up. They'll just sit there and say, okay, it's time, time, time for you to get a new surge suppressor. But since my guess is you haven't gone and gone through your house and looked at the surge suppressors in a decade. Yeah. Really? <laughs> um, this is, it, make it a New Year's resolution to go through your house and do that. So even if it's get, still working, year, if, even if it's yep. still working, it's time to make that transition, make a fresh start. It's going to happen eventually. You're going to hate it if it happens. It's probably going to be in the middle of the night when you're doing some important project <laughs> when that happens. So just don't do it. Um, and, and when we talk about like resolutions, these are things that we, hopefully this will nudge you in the direction of doing something so that you're a smarter computer user. Cause I think we're, I'll speak for and myself. Safer. I'm just lazy. You know, I, I just assume that it's going to update, that my antivirus is working, that my surge protector is doing what it's supposed and to do. And I'm the one who's doing all the updating. And I know. That's why I have you. <laughs> That's why I keep you around. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I like that you suggest is uh, start out the new year with new passwords. Yes. Really give some serious Go thought. Go through it. Uh, I actually discovered I have 320 passwords. What? <laughs> so there is, because I'm in technology and I have to access a whole bunch of different sites, there's no way I'm going to remember that. So I have a password manager. I use LastPass. There's also one called One uh, One Password. About 3 or $4 a month is what you pay for these things. They will remember your passwords for you. But it's really a best practice for you to have a unique password for each and every site and programs like LastPass and 1Password will actually generate secure passwords for you that you don't even need to know. It will just remember it for you. So when you try to log in, they'll say, oh, okay, let me let me log you in. Wait, 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 if wait, you wait, don't want to use, wait, time ahead. out now. LastPass will remember yeah. it for you. So I'm trusting LastPass with all my passwords. Yes. So what you do is you set up LastPass. You go to, go to the website. You sign up for it. It's you know, again three or four dollars a month. Yeah. You come up with a very complex secure password for that site. You then download an add-in for your web browser. That when you go try to log into other websites, it'll sit there and say, "Hey, let me remember this username and password for you, and let me generate a really good password for you." So whenever I try to log in the sites now, I don't need to know my username and password, LastPass does it for me. It is a completely secure company. There's you know, millions and millions and millions of people use these services. And it's just absolutely a great way to, to keep up with all your passwords. Best of all, because it's an add-in for your browser, if you ever go try to log into a website and LastPass doesn't know the password for it, you'll sit there and say, hey, do you want me to remember this password? And it's just a really great way to do it. Hmm. I, I want you to hold that thought. We're going to take a break and, okay. and come back with this. Uh, we're talking computer New Year's resolutions mm-hmm. and a whole lot more with Patrick Crispin. Stay with us. Uh- 
Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Curtis, do you have any idea what this is? I have no idea. I thought there was like a siren going off when I originally heard it. <laughs> this is the man who's going to be joining us in the studio tomorrow night, Corky Siegel. Oh, cool. And this is from one of the albums that he did with his Chamber Blues Band. This is where he takes a chamber classical orchestra and combines it with chamber music and blues. It's got a good sound to it after hearing a little bit more of it. It is so much fun. He's just scary the way his mind works, too. He picks up this little harmonica and just, it's like magic. Yeah. So he'll be sharing some of that magic with us in studio yeah. tomorrow. Corky's going to be uh, playing at Evanston first night, and after he finishes up there, he's going to wander down here. Corky and I worked together years and years ago. Corky was my harmonica and saxophone player in a, hmm. in a band uh, back in the uh, 60s. And you're a, both products of South Shore High School. Yeah. Which was really weird, because it turned out that you were in different cliques, but you were there at the same time. Yep. Well... Speaking of time, we're rapidly running out of time, and in this segment, we got a lot of ground to cover with Patrick Crispin talking about things that you should do as we move into the new year to be a smart and safer computer user. And Patrick, I have to come back to to what we were talking about uh, using something, whether it's LastPass or, or whoever, and and I get the logic of all that, and yet there is a little part of me that thinks okay, but this is still stored on somebody's server, which can be hacked at some point. And then what they do is they will, what's called salting and hashing. So yes, your passwords are stored on their servers, but they're stored in in an encrypted manner so that really you're the only one who can see it. So even if somebody breaks into the system, you know, breaks into their servers, unless they have your username and password to access your account and unlock your passwords, they can't see the passwords. They get just a field of garbage if they download the database. Okay. Well, then that answers the question. A couple of people were saying, you know, I don't feel comfortable with some some place or someone having all of my passwords Mm -hmm. so uh, again that's last pass and and there are others like that but that that happens to be one that you use right patrick i use last pass uh have used it for years and absolutely adore it if you uh, before we move on one thing i want to say about passwords is if you are going to create your own passwords Stop creating things like PA dollar sign dollar sign W zero R D. It's something that's really hard for you to remember and easy for a computer to guess. It turns out that you can have really secure passwords if you don't use a password, but use a passphrase or a pass sentence. Mm -hmm. So when you come up with your password, Doing something like saying, typing in, Satan is the name she goes by. Hmm. <laughs> and then the next time you have to change your password, the next line's going to be, there's a lot of devil in her eye. <laughs> you can remember, but a computer's never going to get that. A computer hacker's never going to be able to guess that unless she knows what your past sentence is. So it's usually a really good idea to have at least 16 characters um, and do it as a sentence. 
I, you know what? I have to go back to what you said a few minutes ago about the number of passwords you have. And there are people that are just <laughs> like me. They're absolutely gobsmacked by the idea that you would have over 300 passwords. 320 passwords. <laughs> wow. But who's counting? Golly. And the other thing that I've done, and we've talked about this before, sometimes uh, I will pick items or places. Mm-hmm. For right. For example... The uh, and I will write myself uh, clues like the street name of the first house I lived on, followed by the street name of the house I lived on in Indianapolis, followed by the street name of the house I lived on wherever. That's going to be nothing to anybody, and yet I will remember. Oh, that was eighty thirty nine Manistee. That was whatever it happens to be. So there mm-hmm. are things like that you can do too. Oh, but there's a negative side to that, yeah. and it's. If, and I discovered this when my father passed. Mm-hmm. I didn't know his passwords. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't go in to get into certain systems because I had no way to know what his Twitter password was or his Facebook password. His Facebook page is still a- active because I, I can't find a way to disable it. My dad's been dead for more than a decade now. Um, and that's one of the benefits for a password manager is you actually have a way to set uh, set it up so that if something happens to me, Christine can request access to my account. And unless I say, nope, don't give it to her, uh, she gets access like six hours later or 12 hours later or 24 hours later. Then she can get into all of my systems. Okay, now you sold me on it. Yeah. I love that idea okay. because I really genuinely am concerned because I'm thinking, oh, I know I know what his address was when he was a kid, but I don't know where yeah. he lived yeah. in Indiana. And so what was his first car and his first dog and all those other <laughs> things that he's using? And another thing, and for those of you just joining us, we're talking about New Year's Tech computer resolutions. resolutions. The other thing that I think is really important is two-factor identification. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. it's going to take you a little bit of time, but it is worth it. In fact, Patrick, do it on everything that can do it. You were the very first person, and on this show, that was the very first time I heard of anything like that. And then shortly after we talked about it on website Wednesday night, I noticed our bank was requiring the two factor. Yep. And really, you know, some people say, "Oh, it's such a hassle," though. Yeah, but that's like an extra wall that's protecting you from the yep. bad people. It really is. Now, the way that some banks do it is not the safest because they're using your cellular telephone and that's easily hacked. But it's still, it's better than nothing. What ends up happening is when these passwords get com- compromised or stolen, and uh, in the last year, there were 5.3 billion records that were hacked. Oh uh, that's credit card numbers, home addresses, phone numbers, other sensitive information 5.3 billion records so when they have your username and password which sometimes they do they can log into the system but if you have two-factor authentication turned on even if somebody knows your username and password unless they have your phone to to get that number mm-hmm. or the google authenticator app or or the you know the rsa key or whatever you're using as your second factor they're not going to be able to to get in. There are millions and millions and millions of usernames and passwords that have been hacked. In fact, there's a website called called Have I Been Pwned? P W N E D. That's Have I Been Pwned? P W N E D. And it will you type in your you know an email address. It's a legitimate site, 
and it will tell you if that particular email address has shown up in any sort of hacks recently. Oh, that so, scares me to I death. <laughs> my, no, I mean my uh, and, and because some some websites require to use you know like your use an email address yeah. to sign up as yeah. your username. So you're going to have that in multiple different sites. But my Kristen at gmail.com account, and yes, you're welcome to send it to me. I'm, 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 I, I use that all the time. Um, I checked. My Kristen at gmail.com account um, email address has shown up in 13 different hacks. <gasps> 13 different sites where I had a username with Kristen at gmail.com. Wow. They've been hacked. So that's another reason to go and change passwords is just to sit there and make it difficult so even if it's historically the data is there it's useless to them what's but the what's the meaning factor authentication tune it on what's the meaning behind the word pwned p-o-n-e-d <laughs> it's it's sort of the the kid's way to to say you've been owned so instead of oh. being owned we to be young you say pwned <laughs> oh, okay. okay you're from the south you can appreciate to me pwned is cornbread you thank gotta, you that's you where i was going cornbread come on <laughs> have i been cornbreaded <laughs> have i been pwned <laughs> wow okay as always we run out of time that's why the show ended up being a multi-hour show on wednesday night because people have questions we're going to try to sneak in some that have been texting as well as callers who have questions for patrick crispin talking tech news and and cyber safety and all that other good stuff and uh, colleen thanks for holding on you have a question for patrick yes i do thank you sure Uh, this has been very perplexing to me over the weekend i lost thousands of pictures off of my iphone uh they're backed up on icloud they do not appear there uh they are also not on my ipad i rebooted uh the phone nothing happened I take a lot of pictures, like over 20,000, and I purchased some more space tonight, and a few more came back. I don't know how Hmm. to find them or where to look for them, but they're from the year 2013 to mid-2017. They're gone. That's very odd. Oh, that's heartbreaking, too. That is. Fortunately, Fortunately, since it just happened... These photos are still there. They should be. What you're going to do is open up the Photos app on your phone. And if you don't have access to the Photos app on your phone, you can also log into iCloud and look in the Photos app. And then you are going to go into the albums, and you are going to scroll, 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 all the way down to the bottom, and it's going to be a lot of scrolling. There's going to be a folder there called Recently Deleted. Look in the Recently Deleted folder, and you can select the photos that you want to restore. Wow. And you can do this both on the iPhone and you can do this over on iCloud. Same way, you just open the Photos app, go to the albums, go all the way down to the bottom, and it's going to be a long, long bit of scrolling. And there's going to be a recently deleted photo uh, folder that you can get into. The other thing to think about in the future is Google Drive is actually free, and you can go and get a Google Drive app on your iPhone and have Google, Google Drive automatically copy your photos, not just to iCloud, but to Google Drive as well. So you have yet another place where your photos are backed up. So it would actually go to both places then? 
Yes. Oh, that's pretty cool. Because I, I tell you, my heart breaks for anybody that loses their photos because I, I know it would make me oh, crazy. Yeah. I know I should be downloading them. I know I should be putting them in the, in the safe place, but I like them right there at my fingertips. Doesn't Google Drive have a, a point at which you have to pay for a little more storage? Yes, and I'm not. I don't remember what that point is. I apologize. Uh, Dropbox, by the way, does this as well, and that's uh, so I don't actually back it up to Google Drive. I use Dropbox. Dropbox, yeah. Okay, because a listener just texted. I use Dropbox, uh, and yep. and Dropbox has a kind of a learning curve, but it's not too tough. Am I correct? No, it's it's, it's fall off the log easy. You basically install it on your computer and walk away. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Patrick. If if I could ask, when I looked at iCloud, they talked about if I had recently deleted anything to check trash, and there was nothing there. Um, a friend had also recommended that I go to iCloud. Is it iCloud2 off of iCloud.com? And I okay. started scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and it kept throwing me out. I could never get more than a oh. year into it. Hmm. Weird. That is very weird. You might, in this case, you might need to contact the Apple Store and and, and uh, get a genius a genius bar appointment to take a look at this because it shouldn't mm-hmm. be kicking you out. Mm-hmm. You know, it would. You know, I try looking for the pictures, and maybe I, like I said, I'd get a year in, and and there was no way for me that I could see easily that I could search for the year twenty thirteen, mm-hmm. and and I did this probably for forty five minutes. I tried to get to the top. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that that is. Um, a... Yeah, I'm, unfortunately, you stumped me. I apologize. But you know what's weird too, Patrick? Because I hear I hear us going back to the days when we would we would get these perplexing problems and say, once you get it fixed, don't don't hurt your head trying to figure out why it happened. Yeah. Because things crazy things like this happen, and, and, and there are times when you chalk it up to it's, it's a, a computer. computer. It burped. Whether it's your phone or whatever, it's a computer that's behind it. Good luck to you, Colleen. I'm sorry about that. We'll take a break. More coming up at WGN. King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. You know, that's one of the, the few regrets I have so far. I saw the Beatles live at Comiskey Park. I saw Elvis several times. Never got to see Sinatra. Have seen Tony Bennett many times, but mm-hmm. have not seen Springsteen live. And unfortunately, I don't know that I ever will, only because I am less than enamored of Huge crowds, crowds in big. huge stadiums where there's this tiny speck. Mm. I, I would rather sit and watch close up on a TV. Mm, and- yeah. Yeah. But that's why we enjoy uh, going to the City Winery in Chicago. Absolutely love that venue. And our hands down favorite venue is Space, Space in Evanston. Space up in Evanston. Absolutely so if you love have a, it. A reason to get up yeah. there. Uh, 
it's 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 a listening room. That's what's yeah, so nice about it. Really it really is. We are talking with Patrick Crispin. We've got a few more minutes with Patrick talking about um, what we're calling New Year's tech resolutions, things that you should be doing. And we talked about your passwords and protecting your passwords and changing your passwords. And Patrick, a, a listener texts and says, if last pass sets up its own passwords, what happens when you have to log on to the site on your cell phone? Is that something you should so be concerned? It, what it, it, it's the the website you log into is is encrypted HTTPS. So when you try to log in, the information that you type in your browser or even on your on your cell phone is encrypted as it leaves your your device oh. and goes to them, and then it's unencrypted. So it's it's not doing anything in the clear. So nobody can be a man in the middle and kind of pick up your password. Uh, but, okay, so as long but as you set up a really good password and turn on two factor authentication, um, you're you're golden. It, it's as good as Fort Knox. So so basically, whether it is your computer or your cell phone or whatever, you type in the really good password as you go to LastPass, and it then allows you to get to whatever site you need to get to on your phone, on your computer, on your whatever. And it keeps you logged in to LastPass for like 30 days before you have to log in again. So oh. it, it and it's just a browser add-in. So, you know, now anytime I go to a website, it'll automatically say, oh, let me log in. I love it. That's why I have 320 passwords. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, listener says, uh, this is from a 331 area code, uh, what antivirus software is Patrick recommending these days? I'm a really, really big fan of Sophos Home. And that's S O S S O S O P H O S. Yes, Sophos Home. And it is a free version of their enterprise software, which they're selling to major companies. Uh, they just figured, well, we might as well give it away to the home users as well. Okay, so if you go really to that hard. site, you're looking for the free version. And, and, yes, and again, not want to pay. Uh, forgive me, but there are people that are, as you're talking, they're typing to us and saying, what is that again? So, so folks, home is the version that you're looking for, yep. and that's the free version. Cool. Okay. That's it. Uh, before we wrap this up, uh, for a couple seconds, uh, let's touch again on something that we touched on when we talked a few weeks ago. Uh, Windows 7 going bye-bye in January. And it doesn't mean that your Windows 7 computer will never work. It means that you don't want your Windows 7 computer to be on the Internet and be hackable because there will be no more Microsoft updates. Am I correct on that? Yeah. Come January 14th, Microsoft is going to stop putting out any more security patches for Windows 7. Um, and expect between now and January 14th a lot of monster kitchen sink patches where they're kind of getting getting things out the door before they stop supporting it. So if you are a home user of Windows 7, after January 14th, any new exploit that is discovered in Windows 7 is not going to be fixed for you, and you will become more and more vulnerable over time. Now, businesses who are running Windows 7 Professional or Windows 7 Enterprise can actually pay for extended service updates until January 2023. Talk to your Microsoft salesperson. It's $25 per device in the first year, 50 in the second year, and $100 per device in the third year. So if you need a couple more years on your point-of-sales uh, systems or things in your in a company and you have a 
corporate license for for uh, Windows, you can buy extended patches, uh, but those are not going to be available to consumers anymore. So if you're going to upgrade to Windows 10, my recommendation is don't. My recommendation is get a new computer because the cost of the Windows license is no longer free. Um, Microsoft selling for $139. You can get it for $129 at Amazon if you want uh, Windows 10 Pro. It's $199. Once you start getting up at that point, you're really in the sort of range of almost getting a, a, a new computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new computer will have Windows 10. Uh, you know, the the new Windows 10, the latest version of it. Um, so for a couple hundred bucks more, you're going to get just a better computer. Unfortunately, we're still in the season where there are some great sales going on. Okay, so, let me let me ask you, though, because we just had a text uh, with a really good question. If you upgrade to Windows 10, what about your old Windows 7 Word program, say uh, Word or uh, 10 or whatever it was, will it be compatible with what you have on uh, Windows 10? Yes, for a while. It is forwards compatible, so it will work. However, if you're running Office 2010, the end of life is that is October 13th, 2020. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, okay. So as long as you have more, as long as you, your Microsoft Office is not Office 2010, you, you're you're golden. No no worries. If it's if you got a Windows Seven box with Windows Office two thousand uh, two thousand ten, you, you you just got hit twice. Sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Patrick. Uh, Patrick, we just got hit twice. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, Patrick, are we going to talk to you tomorrow night from the Rose Bowl uh, parade route in Pasadena? I will be there, looking forward to it, and then I'll also be on the parade route during the parade, watching the three Grand Marshals this year, including, you were talking about her earlier, Rita Marino. Really? Cool. That's Rita wonderful. Marino is one of the three Grand Marshals. <laughs> How weird and wonderful. Well, Happy New Year. We'll talk to you tomorrow night as you ring in the new year out in California. Hug our baby for us. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Good Thanks, night. Patrick.